It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. First show of the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. And we've got a great panel for you. Stacey Higginbotham is here. She just got back from Vegas. A look at some of the most interesting products in Vegas, some of the weirdest, and what's going on with home automation. Ian Thompson is also here to cast aspersions on CES from the Register. And all the way from the Aloha State from Hawaii, Doc Rock. What a great show ahead. Twit is next. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit. This Week in Tech. Episode 909, recorded Sunday, January 8th, 2023. So many beans. This Week in Tech is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Make sure your online activity and data is protected with the best VPN money can buy. Visit expressvpn.com slash twit right now and get three extra months free through our special link. Thanks for listening to this show. As an ad-supported network, we are always looking for new partners with products and services that will benefit our qualified audience. Are you ready to grow your business? Reach out to advertise at twit.tv and launch your campaign now. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech, the show where we cover the week's tech news with my favorite people. Stacy Higginbotham has taken time out of her busy Vegas schedule and is joining us. Actually, I guess you left Vegas. I, this is not my Vegas schedule, but yes, I left. <laughs> Thank you for being here. She was in Vegas at CES, of course, a regular on This Week in Google. So nice to see you. Uh, also with us, Ian Thompson of The Register, where he is, what is your title now? News editor used to be? Oh, U.S. editor, but we're a flat structure. We don't really go on title. He does it all, kids. What you do. He does it all. (laughs) Uh, TheRegister.com, the snarkiest but best news site on the internet. And That's uh, very kind of you. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I read it every day. Doc Rock is also here from Honolulu, community manager at ECAM, and a regular on uh, many of our shows. Hi, Doc. Man, it's so good to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm happy to be back stateside and uh, having a good time. Where were you? I was in Japan for the last two weeks of the year. It was oh, so good. Nice. It was good. I, I left there on New Year's Eve and got back home on New Year's Eve. So I almost got a chance to, you know, watch the countdown twice. But then the plane took off early enough. You know, oh. We took the early flight instead oh. of the later flight. Wouldn't that be? Yeah. You, could you actually do that? The the, the flight yeah, would... Wow. Because of time? the t- the the uh, international dateline, what would happen is I would stay in Japan, do the countdown, and then take the five a.m. flight out of Osaka, get back to Honolulu back to yesterday. at nine a.m., and yeah. then do it again. Yeah. How long does it take to go from Osaka to Honolulu? You know, it's super funny, and, and this just blows people's mind. On the way there, it's a nine and a half, ten hour flight. Oh, it's still a long flight. On the way back, it's a six hour flight. Whoa! He's like, "Well, how's it faster to come back?" You I'm like, "I don't know, dummies. Maybe that it's round downhill. thing at the bottom is spinning." Yeah, it's downhill. <laughs> everybody knows that. No, it's the jet <laughs> so stream. So many people don't get it. I'm like, the globe is spinning underneath <laughs> it's you, bro. Jet like, stream, baby. <laughs> it's pushing you home. Wow. So good. I've, so good. I've got to ask because I've always wanted to go, but does going to Japan ruin you for Japanese food anywhere else in the world? 180%. Which <laughs> Damn is it. why I have taken it upon myself to learn to cook Japanese food really well myself 
But luckily, I live in Honolulu because we have a very good Japanese contingency here. You can get good Japanese mm-hmm. food here. And you can get good Japanese food in the Bay. And you can get good Japanese food in Los Angeles and San Diego. So, Well, no, I mean, yeah. I, took my, I took my sister when she came over to a Japanese, a very good Japanese uh, sushi bar in, in San Francisco. And she just looked at me and went, you've ruined me for London sushi. And I'm wondering if it was the same for Japan. But yes. Yeah, yeah. So San Francisco has a pretty decent sushi culture, sort of Seattle, because the water is cold enough and, you know, good enough. Places that have warmer water with sushi culture, I was like, I don't think that works because what makes Japan sushi so good is that ice cold water just makes really good fatty tuna and oh, you stop that oh, stop, fish. Just stop. Just stop. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was, I'm so when I went to Japan, they have so many foods that obviously aren't sushi that are so freaking delicious. That's what I was going to say. That's what I missed. It's, it's sushi's just a little corner of the Japanese it's a cuisine. tiny sliver. Yeah. 100%. Although, so my favorite hiking food is just onigiri because, you know, you just wrap it up in yep. the little mm-hmm. rice and it's it's got everything you need and you can, it's so portable. Um, and I finally found a place actually here on Bainbridge that makes it for it. Like, does a good onigiri that I could now pack my. You my can make it yourself. You got to go I back. I know and I can. See the show when Leo and I talk about rice cookers. <laughs> then, yeah. And then I'll give you some cool stuff to put in it. And if you live close enough to a, a Japanese Seattle. market, like, I, I, I live in oh, Seattle. So yeah, oh, uh, Ujimaru, Uji, 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 can, Uji. Maya, I can, I think. Yeah, Uji Maya. Yeah. That's the name of it. That's it. And they have all of the right stuff you need to put they in do. it. It's super easy. And you can actually get the good quality rice at, at the Uji Maya over there as well. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, it's so simple. It's so simple. Oh, I no, I know it's easy. It's just out of leftovers. <laughs> but I like it because, like, you could walk into a gas station in Japan. They're just like, mm. this is our gas yes. station food. And I'm like, your gas station food is so much better than ours. <laughs> the convenience store food in oh, Japan. Oh, 7 Eleven in Japan is, is oh gourmet God. dining, man. Yeah. So, also, uh, Japan does Kit Kats like nobody yes. else. I mean, yeah. great, I love my Kit Kats. Wasabi Kit Kats. Yeah, wasabi, yeah. green tea, yeah. teriyaki. It's just marvelous. <laughs> so a good. friend of mine came back from Japan and bought those. He said, You're going to love this. Emptied out a big carrier bag of really weird Kit Kats on the table. That lasted us a week and some, you know, indigestion, but it was interesting. Is uh, Hawaiian wasabi kind of their version of onigiri that it's the rice yeah so the 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 musubi started the musubi Musubi. started as a onigiri but when we first started to get you know the quote-unquote hapa right half japanese you know because of people that moved here after the war um yeah that just became part of the culture so you can get musubi with hot dogs chicken spam if you don't like spam i mean there's other musubis as well yeah you know from now on instead of peeps i want these uh, every oh, Easter. so cute. <laughs> oh, right. bento culture will blow your mind. Oh, bento I culture. love bentos. Make very cool uh, characters from like your kid's favorite TV show. There's shows to show you how to make those characters as bentos for your kids. And it's the clever way that Japanese mothers get their kids to love vegetables from the gate is they always do it in really cool. When we well, were... they're also pickled and they're delicious. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> yes. Yes. When we were in uh, Japan a couple of years ago, we went to like a lunch bar that had okonomiyaki, which is those oh. pancakes. I went to okonomiyaki. And I yeah. watched yes. these guys make, they make it in front of you with such Dude. panache. It is wild. Um, 
Anyway. I went to Okonomiyaki School in Hiroshima. No. And it is so much fun. At the Otofuku, you know the sauce that you put on the top? Yeah, the yeah. company that makes it is called mm-hmm. Otofuku. So they have a school you can go to to learn how to do it. It is such a blast. If you're ever in Hiroshima, you get, it's not Hiroshima people. It's Hiroshima. Hiroshima. If you ever get a chance to go there, just do that. It is the dopest experience. And Actually, so that's, that might be where we had it, come to think of it, uh, is in Hiroshima. It's so, so. good. All right, so. that was our Japanese food segment. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you invite me, it's going to happen. Oh, Sorry. You, <laughs> you know, I will say there is a Japanese food robot at CES. It's a brand new one from, oh. uh, let's see. Oh, Sony? <laughs> it's a ramen. It's, yeah, it's what? Oh, it makes ramen? Hold on. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's delicious. Yokai. I've, I've had it. Yokai. Yokai, that's it. I was like, it's yokai. It's a yokai. desktop um, ramen robot. Oh, this is what? one of things. Until I come to the U.S., I'd never tasted ramen. And oh, it's I love like, ramen. I'm now an addict. <gasps> Every so, culture yeah. has a noodle, though. Noodle soup like this, though. I think it's universal. Mm. Yes. yes. Yeah. All, all noodle soups Pho. are great. But ramen is also great. Matzo ball soup. Pho. But I love Matzo. ramen. <laughs> and the name is cool because yokai are basically poltergeists. Oh. oh. So these are sp- there we go. These are ghosts in the machine that making your your ramen. Ramen. So I they, would rather just go to a ramen generation. shop. There are quite a few ramen shops in the, the Bay Area. I would just, I'll go down there. So this My is what they're one. for. They're designed for, um, they they started with a vending machine, a big one. And it was designed for like your hotel lobby. Like, so oh. let's say you got in oh, too okay. late. And the you Japanese just, or an love airport. this stuff, don't they? Uh, yes, they do. They, you well, get the I best. I think Americans do too. I guess so. But, you, but the things you can get in a Japanese vending machine. Or unlike anywhere else in the world. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> They've got coffee, hot and cold. They've got, yep. it's kind of amazing what you can get. You see, the Dutch do this as well. They have vending machines built into the walls in Amsterdam, for example, usually just outside smoking cafes where I was people are say. very hungry. Yeah, they're very starving, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's hot food in a, you know, in a vending machine and you put your stuff in, but the Japanese take it to just the perfect level. Let's actually stay on food. Did you see any other food-related uh, uh, stuff at CES? Were, I, I saw the budget Thermomix. Oh. It was very exciting. Because I have, the um, unfortunately, the expensive, just like you got me to buy the real June oven instead of the less expensive one they sell now. Okay. <sighs> budget so Thermomix. Was, is it from Thermomix? Early adopter. Yeah, I know. It it's is not from it. Thermomix. Okay. It, is, it is from another company in Thermomix is a weird it. device which Stacy told me about, and of course I immediately purchased. That's a blender that heats up. <laughs> you can cook anything in it, soups. It makes the best mashed oh, potatoes yeah. I've ever had in, in, in under a half an hour. It makes the You've best risotto. Never met my mother then, but no. Oh, we'll, we'll have a mashed potato off. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to fly her over, but yeah. we're on. If she brings the bangers, I got the mash. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the, I, you know, I think this is actually interesting because CES used to be a lot of PCs and then there would be a car section, which was like kind of, you know, car accessories. There'd be a sound section. But really, because computing has really migrated into every part, part of your life, it's everything now, including consumer electronics. Yeah. Exactly. It's all it's, something more now. Yeah. 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 It was honestly, it's more than just overwhelming as like, like there's whole sections of the show I don't even care about. Like, mm-hmm. and so if you don't ask me about all that, I mean, new, whole new cars were launched there. Oh yeah. But we have Samable mm-hmm. Sam for that. You don't have to go into the <laughs> okay. North Hall at all. Like, stay, stay out of the North Hall. 
Um, I did. Actually, that was the West Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so broad picture, y'all. Broad picture. No one was there. No one was at CBS. Um, really? There was only so they said there was a, they were expecting a hundred thousand people, which is down from a hundred and seventy thousand, which was CES twenty twenty before the pandemic. Right? Yeah. I cannot believe those people were actually all there. Like, in for anyone who goes to CES when you're going like in the Venetian, for example, you know you're going into what was the Sands now they call it the Venetian Expo. You are like wall to wall packed with people. It is a nightmare getting into these spaces, nothing like there were like people could walk in groups like three abreast oh, and you could still bypass different. them. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's whole that, yeah, that's a whole different game. I mean, <laughs> and then, what was the queue like for press conferences? Cause it used to be, you'd have to queue nothing. for two and a half hours for press conferences and get turned away. Oh. Or Nothing. even just to take the shuttles really? to get back to your hotel. It was better to walk I don't the two know. Miles. Oh, it was always <laughs> awful, the cab lines. I don't the, know. The cab lines weren't. They weren't bad because that's the metric for me. If you there can get weren't me. cab lines. Oh, that's I walked out of the airport and I just walked right there. 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 I got my badge at the airport because I always do. But I didn't wait in line. Like I just walked right up. Badge, so, wow. For people who don't town. do this, and of course it's a very specialized thing that, you know, Mostly yeah. tech journalists, but it's a specialized form of masochism. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. The reason people like Ian say that uh, is because it usually is very, very crowded. It's almost impossible yeah. to get around. You've got appointments that you just can't get to. You there are yep. you there are yeah. more things than you could see in a lifetime, let alone three or four days. It's still going on. It was late this year. It started on Wednesday. It's going through uh, the end of so- the day today. It's shorter too, so it started when it's only four days. Usually, it's five. Oh, so that's some of the thing. And then the floor space at like Unveiled or Pepcom, which are these things where companies will pay very for expensive evening yeah, events. The, the, the Pepcom piss up is one of those things you need to get through CES because it's good food, good cheap, well, well good free. So alcohol. the story behind um, this yeah. is there's these two of them, Showstoppers and Pepcom. They're probably more. CES has it unveiled as well. And and the companies pay huge amounts of money to be there because uh, they're smaller and there are a lot of lazy journalists in the world who go <laughs> to Showstoppers and Pepcom, file their stories, then go home. So if, yep. and, and usually they file, that, yeah. Yeah, they file the story about the first yeah. thing they saw coming in the door. That's why mm-hmm. you saw the vibrating haptic fork three years ago, because it was the first thing, and, and it never became a product, by the way. Nobody wanted it. Uh, last, when we went in 2020, the last one before COVID, it was a toilet roll robot. At the front door, everybody oh, caught God, I remember in. that one. Right. Yeah. And it never comes out. It's not a real product, but they spent ten grand, and uh, Claude Pepper got his, or whatever his name is, got his money. They have chocolate fountains and food because journalists are, are whores for food, and uh, and it's I think it's kind of scammy to be honest. With Honestly, you. I think whores is a bit strong because one thing I would say is with Vegas when it comes to food, you've got good, cheap, and available, and pick two of those. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's just you know. So you go to Pepcom because it's good food, it's free, it's the end of the day. You need to unwind. I've got. I've been to about 10 Pepcon or, or the other events. I've got two stories out of it. Yeah. One because of which I have to you're say, not I a met cheesy you journal- Yeah, you're not a cheesy Hold journalist. Up. Hold up. Okay. Okay. Counterpoint. Yes. Okay. Counterpoint. What did For you someone see who goes to CES. Yes. Um, there was less. Um, there was definitely less. Um, 
I like it because it's an easier way for me to talk to the people. Oh, absolutely. They have their executives there. Absolutely. Yes, that's, and so yeah, like, agree. for the smart, and there's always the smart home people. So I can always snag the CEO for like a uh, minute. So the, oh. so the stuff that, the stuff that you cover. Are you okay? The stuff that yeah. you, co- oh, we're, we're used to this. It happens all the time. The stuff that you. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy, I'm constantly eating. I can't breathe. I can't Some, drink. Something can't flew talk. into her mouth. Don't worry about it. She'll be fine. So the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff you cover is well covered, I guess, at these uh, shows, but it, it is a be, fraction it's, it's, of the total uh, at CES. Oh, it's, yeah. It's 50 oh, yeah. or 60 but booths. I can get, oh, no, it's it's probably like 130. Oh, okay. This year, it was like 130. Sometimes that's as many as really? 200. This year, there were actually like, oh, my gosh. There were like empty spaces, and you oh, could see dear. they spaced everyone. I mean, it was it was oh, definitely. So they, and they had it out in order to fake it. They did. And then they had oh. a whole media room. Have you ever seen a media room at, no. I think it was Pepcom. That would, no, no, because they don't have no. room. Because that's like free space. They would never it. give away. What do you need it for? So CES no, claims. stories used to be hard enough, right? It'd be so crowded. Just finding a good place to sit. I would always watch the creative ways people would find to, to oh, sit down. they end up down. on the carpet. And I just then, sit on the floor. Of course, yeah. the, the happening spot was... You know, they always overlapped AVN with CES because in the beginning of time... The adult we went, video expert expo. Right. When, at the beginning of time, when we first got, you know, DVD-ROM capabilities, right? V- it goes it back earlier than that. VHS tapes. The first the v- porno. Yeah. Right. When they, they would figure out, this is the way I can get my industry to talk to the nerd industry at mm-hmm. the same time to make their industry better, which is why of e-commerce, they were the sort of the biggest. And everybody always just blamed it on the fact that it was ill repute. But no, they were at the tech conferences all the time. They set themselves up perfectly. So it used to be this kind of like gap in the hallway between the main center and the Flamingo Center. And there was like a little bridge. And you should just all watch all the nerds sit there to just sit there and get a gander. And oh, start. I'm so glad they, they not only moved off site, they've now moved a different time of the year. And it, no, it was, it was four through seven this year. I just looked it they up. Moved it back? They crisscrossed oh, it again. Yeah, they crisscrossed it again. For a while, it was at a different time. Oh, yeah, it's so crazy. Ugh. I, 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 I didn't run into any adult performers. Thank you. That, um, that means they moved it to a different I site. Know, I mean, time. about. What was it seven years ago when they were still doing it in thing? I met an adult performer who built gaming PCs in the spare time. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, was, this whole industry, was, especially yeah. the webcam industry, is very techy. Uh, well, they, it pushed it pushed digital video, yeah. and we'd be lying if we said it didn't. Like it really did. Yeah. It made a big difference. So CES claims that huh. uh, there were one hundred twelve thousand people there. But if you okay, even just look at this, what Stacey's saying, that look at this, look at this picture of the central hall where there's actually room to walk. That's here. I'll oh. show the. Can I see? I think I can share a Google photo video with you. Um, oh, marvelous. We're going to get fancy here, that's, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, well, I love this vest you're wearing. What is that? That is so cool. This is my Han Solo vest. <laughs> I know. That's great. It's very cool. You look like, yeah, just say, right. just do this for me. I got a bad feeling about this. I'm just going to shamelessly say that if you were using Ecamm, you could share anything you want right away. <laughs> I'm crea- I'm just, I'm doing it via create a link. I've got to copy it and I'm going to put on, it. Come on, Stacey, shoot first. Where, did, where am I going? <laughs> shoot first. That's so good. Oh, that's God, so that's good. terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> no, no. It looks good fine. on you, though. Oh. It really looks good on you. Yeah, I think it's a good, It's. I didn't realize it was Han Solo. 
<laughs> it's it's not really. It's just a. It's it's, it's, it's cool. A long vest. I like vests. It's like is it leather? I like vests. It's leather. It, yeah, no, it's, it's nice. leather. Well, that's good. You don't want any animals to die. That's good. Yeah, no animals died yeah, to make this just vest. Some, some dead plastics. Some dead uh, long-chain molecules. Well, I suppose technically some animals did die in the terms of way, way a long time before we... You really did that. Somebody (laughs) yelled at me. You're like, that guy. (laughs) Somebody yelled at me once because I said that uh, oil was made out of dead dinosaurs. And they said, no, no, Leo, did I... It wasn't dinosaurs, mostly trees. uh, It is trees, basically. Plants. There's no dinosaurs in there. So, okay, fine. (laughs) All right. Okay, fine. I think I... I put it in the rundown. I just had oh, the, I had, I I had the twig. That. I have the I have rundown. The, so, wait a minute. You put, it in, I put the, it in the right I mean, You put in the twig rundown. That's not gonna. That's, <laughs> Which rundown? I mean, I can get there. I went but to the wrong place initially, but I, I think I, I think I put uh, it in the twit rundown. Okay, now. that would be better. Stacy, as you know, is a regular on the other show, uh, and it has a rundown too, but it's not the same. <laughs> All right. Where, me, where did I? Where did you did put, I put it? Put it in the right spot. Oh. <laughs> Cool. This is the other, oh, here. Yes, I did. This it's ve- next to my in name. In Vegas without being in Vegas? That one? That was me. That, that was, was you. No, 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 no. It's it's literally next to my name up top. Oh, good. Good place there. to put Ooh, it. Okay. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. With uh, a, oh, This is your video. And it's sideways video, but that's okay. This is of you in the uh, going down the hall. Oh, there's nobody there. That oh, is grief. literally. I mean, that is in between... You, I mean, now people right may look it, at then... that and they say, "Well, that looks like Grand Central Station." Uh, no, uh, but oh, no. it's not even close. It could be so much worse. It could be so no. Much. I mean, is, this I mean, that is literally jam packed with people. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, usually that conference hall really challenges you, challenges you to as a polite Brit because it's just like, yeah. "Excuse me, excuse me," and then after about two seconds, you're like, "Fuck, coming through," you know? Yeah, yeah. So not anyway. a lot wow. of people That's masked either. I might hell. point out. Yeah, I was. Yeah, good. <laughs> And how was the airport? Because that's traditionally the standard of, you know, I mean, if you've got no a one. queue for like four hours to get through security. No one. No one. Wow. Anywhere. Huh. It was crazy. So maybe they're misrepresenting. So typically it's 170, 180,000 people. They're saying 112,000, which is, you know, that's, that's a lot less. 12,000 people. That is, that is a, Friday at like noon. Wow. Jeez, yeah. It's right. peak time. But was it oh. worth going, Stacey? Was there stuff there that you're really glad you went to see? I mean, I, okay, I got sick. That was my third respiratory infection in like three, uh, two weeks. So, yeah, usually I, people get sick at yeah. Vegas at CES, but then they come home and bring it and spread it. Yeah. But you got sick right there. Was, <laughs> Did you know I was like, I, sick. there were several articles about how much pee there was on the show floor, so yes. to speak? So this pisses me off. No, no, no. I knew it. So mad about it, though. Tell me, tell me, Stacy. Tell me how you feel. There was so much. I call it digital snake oil. Wellness tech. tech. Mm-hmm. And so Wythings and Wythings actually does try to get FDA approval for their stuff. And their U-Scan thing, this is a urinalysis kit. It's made up of a reader that you stick in your toilet and then you stick these cartridges in that for 100, they, you can pee on it 100, and tie, 100 times. <laughs> Who's, does it count get, for you or do you have to keep track? Well, there, is there an app little, for that? <laughs> yes, there's, there's definitely an app. <laughs> there is an app for that. Um they they use microfluidics inside, so each test 
I guess I don't know if it goes down the toilet. That's a good question. Is this Elizabeth Holmes um, style testing? I mean, is it real? Well, so they're applying for FDA approval, but they don't have it yet. Uh-huh. Whiting's is a little bit more like they are trying. I have a to lot of their stuff. Accurate. I like Whiting's. Yeah. yeah. So they they, they, have they are in stuff. Europe already. So I'm assuming we might get it here. So what does Europe it do? Is only a little bit more strict. What does it do? So you pee on it, and there are two different types of tests that you can buy. One is a menstrual cycle test. Two is a to menstruate diet test. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the hormones. The it goes hormones into the pee. Okay. I, just, I apologize to everybody for this subject, but we have to cover it because of CBS. You do not need to apologize. You don't have to apologize. I no. Everybody pees. And at least half everybody the world is. menstruates. So it's okay. Everybody so it's okay. Pees. I'm like, I'm. So all you, you know, do, and it's don't placed. Make me yell at you is it placed? Yeah, I know. Is it placed strategically so that you don't have to really aim? It's just going to get it. Uh, and they say it could tell the difference between toilet water and it can even distinguish. Yes, they have an infrared sensor on it. So and if it, it's warm, it's pee. Oh, that's smart. But, okay. Unless you <laughs> have a heated, a heated <laughs> toilet. And then uh, and it can distinguish people, right? So multiple people can, people can use it. Yes. Multiple people cannot use it. Only one person per oh. reader. Um, oh, okay. And part of that is... I mean, I guess multiple people could use it, but the test only go, the, it only goes to You'd the one You'd have to be app. pretty rich to have each person in the house have their own toilet. Well, also, we you'd have to take them on house. and put them off again, surely, because if it's one person It does come with gloves. Pee, I don't want to oh, handle it. Gloves. Okay, well, that's perfectly awful. I, I mean, so, so you don't, so the reader here, goes in there and you change sense. out the cartridge. Here's, here's where it makes sense. And I know it's going to sound funny to people, but like I had a diabetic in my family. And one of the exactly. things that we used to do is we used to check sure. for Sugar you know, different levels of urine, urine, urine tests, yep. right? So if it doesn't matter, the rest of us are going to use it. It would matter when my stepmom would use it because that way we would know and get early warnings yes. if she was having something that was long term. Even if she wasn't doing spike. finger pricks or anything else. Right. In fact, right, that's right. what, as I remember, that's what diabetes means. Gee, your piece tastes terrific or something like that. It's sweet. That's it's, how they discovered it. That used it. to be an old test. They would taste it. They would they taste would, it. Yeah. They would taste the urine to see if yeah. it's sweet. Okay. So, yes, I'm 100% with you on this. But instead, they're going right now after this wellness fitness market that is less. They're not doing diabetes tests. They're not. Maybe they will get there. Interesting. And maybe, I mean, they're not right now. That's not available. And then they're, they don't have a really good sense on privacy around now, they say they won't share, but obviously if like a lawyer or someone comes in, if law enforcement comes with a subpoena, they don't have an answer for how they would protect that data, which. Well, furthermore, it could have. Dobbs. Couldn't you put surreptitious drug tests in it? I mean, it seems like there's. A- yeah, I mean, you could you could stick that. Well, but you could also surreptitiously drug test your employees like anyway without this. I mean, you wouldn't know um, now if you were like a parent and wanted to surreptitiously oh, drug boy. test. But. But you can see it in the toilet. It's not like a secret. I was going to say, I mean, it's difficult yeah. to surreptitiously when you've got to distinctly pee on something. But I think you're, I mean, the the real market for this is companies doing drug tests mm-hmm. um, or parents doing drug tests. I think there's a good market in like home health care or in like, uh, what are those group homes for elderly people? But it's yeah. interesting. It's they true. seem like they're going after the 
the quantified self crew, the people they who are. bought these they're, Fitbits they're, and the early Apple watches and stuff, yeah. who are athletes or they just want to keep an eye on their, you know, no, people that want to believe they're athletes. Yeah. Well, the, the main, yeah, they're, I mean, you think about ketones. the medical tests, right? The medical tests are vitamin C, ketones, pH mm-hmm. levels, and specific gravity for water balance. So, the ketones things is going to get all of the, you know, the athletic greens crowd, if you will. I, so. uh, you know, uh, for a while, Steve Gibson, who was a, a very hardcore ketosis guy, uh, told me that the peat tests uh, eventually become less reliable. That you, Ultimately, you have to do a blood uh, finger prick to really know what your ketone level is. The blowing, well, like the blowing or, ones, the little yeah. keto flutes, and the pee tests. Your body adjusts, and so you don't you don't see the ketones after a while. Well, you but look anyway. at all of the people that are selling like uh, always on glucose monitors yeah, for I, the back of I your arm. I subscribe to that. Yeah, I have yeah. one. You know, yeah. and and I but was that's like, useful because yeah, I'm type two diabetic, and that is useful, right? And for I agree diabetic with person, you. But you got weightlifters using it to try to, you oh, know. Yeah. Performance increase their vanity. So what is so <laughs> as as it's coming out initially, Stacy? What is the U scan test? What does it do? It's testing for the the first two tests that they have out are going to be for the diet, which is the the ketones and pH, and mm-hmm. I think vitamin C is coming, Vit- but is not there C. yet. Okay. They say vitamin deficiencies. Um, you know what would be good is D yeah. is a big one actually. Well, so there's I mean, so you here's pee the out thing. vitamin C like. Crazy. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's because sure most of us get way too much. Right. I, I mean, plenty. We're let's over put vitamin C. Let's say plenty. No one's getting scurvy these days unless no you're like a college apple. freshman yeah. who's <laughs> only eating Doritos. So you change if you change the cartridge in this, it has it, you could change the test. In other words, is what you test. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then the other test is looking for it's it's female reproductive health is what they're calling it. And so you I could tell if you're pregnant tracking menstrual cycles. You could. You certainly can tell if you're pregnant. I mean, yeah. that's that'd be a silly reason to get it. But it's sort of when when yeah. you're sort of the, the, oh the when you're fertile because when you're ovulating. Yeah, yeah. When, it's, oh, it's, that's it's interesting. So you could do that. Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of yeah. that's kind of nice, the, right? Well, we yeah, we yeah do, but that's, that's that's the Apple Watch does something in, called retroactive ovulation, which strikes me as a little too late. Well, so. For ovulation, you can use body temperature. Sure, your, mm-hmm. yes. your the rhythm method. And yes. you, okay, the rhythm method is just tracking days. Oh, okay. I thought you also did. I mean, rhythm method is anything that is right. like calendar. not hormonal. And occasionally, it's you'll calendar. Hear, yeah, tell me about it. The rhythm it was method. the roulette that, that no. too many of us played I, in I college. I can tell you right now, y'all lost. I wouldn't be here if the rhythm method worked. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but you, you can track pretty granularly. Uh, when you ovulate now, um, it to to mm. quite like to the day and sometimes yeah. even time of day. Yeah. So that's useful. Um, Whether you're well, trying you to get pregnant or not, with, that's useful. I could see that. Sure. Yeah. With uh, the urine tracking hormones in your urine, I don't know how exact it is. And they don't actually know because they don't have the, they're not publishing that data right now. But they're they're saying it's accurate enough that you can track your fertility with that. And this isn't the yes. only one. Here's another one. This is uh, yes. a, a yellow, it's called Yellow Sis. Uh, <laughs> a Korean company. It was a Samsung incubator. Uh, this is just like a pee stick on a, on a thing that you 
Oh, I forget it. I don't even want to talk about this. It anymore. looks like my chlorine test strips. It does. It I looks mean, exactly what I use in the hot tub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, hey. oh, hello. What is this? The Vivu. It's a uh, a toilet mounted hardware. Oh God! I swear to God. Yes. I, why was it so hard to go? Is to it the because I'm sorry. Apple he owns is the, the new wearables? Steps. Apple owns the the wearables. Basically, it's Apple and Fitbit, and then everybody else. So they're finding some other area. Is that it? I, I think it's no. You can. I mean, you can t- accurately test for new things using urine. Okay, that's true. Um, that's true. So that's that's what these efforts are. Um, different biomarkers, and there is a lot of there is real interest in the medical space for urinalysis. I think that makes sense. It is yeah. FDA approved, yeah. but none of these are that, and that's really important to say because. Like even even from an FDA approval, only AFib on your Apple Watch is approved. So everything else, like right. ox blood ox, all that, that's just that's marketing. Let's yeah. let's move on because <laughs> I think we've, we've, we've plumbed this subject uh, sufficiently. Um, we've taken the piss out of it enough. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you do you not want to know about the nineteen thousand dollars smart toilet from Kohler? Are you kidding Kohler me? Kohler showed 19, this last 000? year and the year before. They've been showing this forever. This is the second generation. Oh, And this better. time, it's real. <laughs> this yeah. time, We're not going to flush this one away. That, by the way, should be the slogan for CES. This time, it's real. Because most of the time, <laughs> it's not, frankly. Oh, I looked but at some this, of the concept cars, and it's yeah. like, it'll all end in tires. It's no. crazy. So what? So, so this, this Kohler trend. Sm- smart toilet, for how the much? 19000 I believe it's nineteen thousand. Oh, first world problems or what? Um, yeah, really. Me too, toilet. But so, so here's the big trend that I thought was fun. Um, it's CES, not fun. Fun and just the maybe the whole bathroom suite was nineteen thousand. Yeah. Oh no, the, I'm sorry. The toilet is eleven thousand five hundred. Oh, wow. oh that's My perfectly bad. reasonable then. There yeah. you go. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm I'm really sorry. I believe the other <laughs> stuff also. Like they have a whole suite. Okay, so this is this idea of smart things getting built into your home, like into the home infrastructure. I saw lots of people. This is less sexy, but everybody and their dog now has what, like a fin or a water home monitoring and shutoff thing, which actually is hugely valuable. Those are cool because they it. detect leaks without. Knowing where the leak is, it's amazing how that they works. They detect leaks. Yeah, I saw and that a couple of years ago. Many of them have yeah. auto shut off. What we saw at CES this year was tons of companies now offering it not to consumers, but to home builders. And That's so, smart. yep, it's mm. smart, but it's also a little weird because you're like, hey, um, if your builder is going to offer this, how do you get the app? How do you resell it? What is the, what is the, it's just, why would they spend the money on this? Because when, if you go into a development these days, this is how they compete. The list of smart home okay. features that we offer. You but know, that comes our- with a massive disadvantage though, because when the companies that make those smart homes, uh, smart oh. home devices go bust, you're now left with an unsupported Look, product. You know that. I know that. Nobody knows it better than Stacy. This is marketing. This is not. No, it's. Comp- I, I agree with Stacy. It's complete marketing bullshit. They're going to uh, give I'm people sorry, the like, game is There's a reason why a lot of yeah. a lot of techies don't have these devices in their homes because they're fundamentally unsound and unsecured. And it's unfortunate because a lot of these are quite like I actually my my Finn water thing. Finn is I brilliant. have it plugged in. Yeah. Well, these are these are actually I, the things here are actually easier because you don't have to install them yourself. They already come with your house, so you have the app, but you do have to connect it. But when you like 
I don't know how long that's going to work right now. I've had my fin for three years in two or three, it might go out, you know, or like they might stop supporting it. Or The I- might- idea of this thing is you put it on a pipe somewhere in the house and it could detect water leaks mm-hmm. anywhere in the house or water left on. It's com. Yes. And alarm.com was showing off. They have Water Dragon, which I hear uses Z-Wave Long Range, which I oh, can tell you about later, but no one oh, will care. Um, <laughs> there was several startups with their own options there. And then, so also being built in the house, I'll give you one sexy thing, and then I'll give you one thing that is just crazy, and we can talk about it. So my sexy thing is energy management. So Schneider showed off their whole energy management kit, starting with a smart breaker board, an integrated battery, an EV charger, and it goes all the way down to their smart, their wiser smart switches and uh so this no, is something this is that a builder would want to install. You wouldn't do this uh, retrofit. I wouldn't. So you will see. So, in, and there were tons of things like this. We've actually seen smart breaker boxes at Cedia and some other places in the last few years. What's coming to a head is the, it's a trifecta. It's climate change causing us to need like resilience with like power outages and everything else. Right. Um, it is electrification. So as climate change worsens, we're all buying more electric and we're putting more, we're requiring more amps, employing more electricity mm. from our Heat homes. pumps and things like that. Yeah. Heat yeah. pumps. Yes. And EVs and yes, whatever else. That's and right. then the unreliable, unreliability, the non, the dynamic, dynamic, dynamicism. This is why I don't do video. This is why I'm a writer. Uh, the dynamic the dynamic nature of renewable energy means we're going to have to store and use the load at times when it's convenient for us, even though the sun may not be shining or the wind yeah. blowing. Yeah. So all those three trends are coming together. And what's happened and what has really hit the ground running this year is we're seeing a lot of solutions to store the energy, to manage the load either at the breaker box or with Samsung's talking about their smart things like energy AI platform. And we also saw um, the Home Connectivity Alliance, which is a group of appliance companies getting together to pitch ways to interoperate in the cloud, like have your washing machine talk to your water pump and then be able to control for a utility to control all of the washing machines or dryers out there to lower their temperature during oh, the interesting. Wow. Yes. So they turn, they yeah, like that's slow, a really big cool trend. Like you get home and your clothes are wet and they say, yeah, we turned down your dryer for you. The idea <laughs> they might is. They have to, right? To, to they save might the have grid. to. Yeah. But also if your appliances are smart enough, and this is where I do think smart thing is like smart home stuff does come into play. It's not as sexy as like colored lights, but it's important, is I can say, hey, look, you can always turn my thermostat down by this amount. Um, I will delay drying my clothes. Yeah. I will put my fridge in eco mode because I don't care. Yeah. Um, but I've got a dead body in my outside freezer, so I need that to stay as cold as possible. So don't oh, that. that love problem. it. Yeah. And then... You know what's funny then, is yeah. we're, missing some, we're missing some parts of the tech, though. Um, <clears throat> again, Sorry, I just came back, so it's fresh in my head. Since I was in school in Japan back in 2006, they've had washer-dryers that are a single unit, right? Mm -hmm. So you put everything in there, and it will, when it's ready to turn on, it will fill up, put laundry detergent in it, wash the clothes, and dry the clothes in a single unit. We still don't have those very prominently here in the U.S., but those are prime for, let me just throw this load in, and when the grid says okay the price has gone down 
and the heavy usage in my neighborhood is chilled out. It would turn on, do its thing while you're sleeping. And when you wake up, everything's done. So we're, we're getting part of that, which is monitor the grid, use the grid when it's optimal, but we still don't have the convenience of like a single box that can do everything. And it's funny to me because I know it exists. I've used them. They work fantastically. They're very uh, common in Europe. Yeah, very common in Europe. We, I think Japan and, and, and UK work hand in hand together for a lot of things. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things that here in the U.S. we still don't have. And we don't have so, it because we want massive washers and dryers. And like, no like anytime I'm in Europe or when I was in Japan, I was like, Oh, how quaint. These people must not wash their clothes. <laughs> you use the Q word, damn it. <laughs> yes. I'm like, what? These people don't have 4,500 square feet of I would laundry like room to space? wash What's a wrong with sock them? today, and then I'll do the other sock tomorrow. And the, the thing, too, they don't use as much water. Right. Like, I know. It, oh, no. Huge. Well, you know, but that's, that, that, is, that is what's so, happening, okay, which is the I, cost I of power. I got to cover the chat real quick. Yeah. The, the chat is saying we have larger families, BS, and we have different types of clothes, BS. I'm going to just call that, unless you've been there, please don't say stuff like that. We just have to get used to it. That, but you know what's forcing it? Same. Economics <laughs> are forcing it because power is getting more expensive. Water's getting yeah. scarcer. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to have to face it. J the Japanese have lived in an environment where they're very tightly uh, uh, packed and, and the resources are well, scarce. Well, strain. And yeah. so, they, you know, they've really been able, they've been smart about using resources. Well, we're soon going to be, we've had a lot of room for a long time. We're soon going to be facing these kinds of ec economic restraints anyway. And uh, that's that's good. That's why there is, that's why there's all this stuff, I would guess. Stacy, what about matter? Was matter there? Did matter matter? Oh, wait. Did it matter? Matter, matter is going to matter. But first, I'm going to tell you one more thing yes. about being built into your house. Yes. This is the Masonite door with power with the oh, integrated this is nuts. doorbell. No, 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 I, no, no. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm just, I'm I suspect an argument's coming up, but we'll see. <laughs> How much, first of all? I, the smart door, okay, the M-Power door. Okay. It's $6,500 mm -hmm. for okay. the mm -hmm. M-Power door. Mm-hmm. And, and what does it, it is, do, Stacy? <laughs> it has the. Here's the it's key the thing: the door you have it to has, charge, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no! You don't charge it. It is a door. Actually, I took a video of this door. If you, I, I can. There's an integrated power cord that's built in, so it's pulling power. Again, this is something built ah, into your home. So you do have to have and, a a door, uh, jam, whatever you yeah. call that opening, that's near a plug. But somehow, or you, well, it's or when not you build the plug. home. It's, when you it's build a the home. It's when you build the home. Yeah, okay. It's let me. I'll so this show is not for aftermarket. This is for, it's a, for a new if you home. renovate it or renovate your house will okay. have power there. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, okay. put, yeah, it, put it in the it. same place that you put the other one, and I'll okay. uh, I'll click Sorry, it. Share. Oh wait, you don't have if to share. Just power has been flickering on off last night. Then how does it work if the power doesn't on? Go. It has a battery in it. So. It oh, has well, that a battery will work for a while, but then? Then you're stuck. You well, have then, to stay so, inside no, or no, outside, depending on where you were you're last. You're not stuck. Okay, what happens? <laughs> it has integrated lights. Um, it's got a doorbell, right? All of that stuff, right? It's got, a, it's got an integrated doorbell. It's got a connected lock. Now, the lock will still open if your power's out. Uh -huh. All you need is like a little 9-volt battery. It'll start the... So you carry that with you at all times, a little 9-volt battery? 
Most people, like, I don't know about you, but apparently Kevin keeps a nine volt battery somewhere what? secreted around his house. It's what? like the key under the door jam. Sorry, how is carrying a nine volt battery less <laughs> of a problem than carrying a key? I mean, go well, old fashioned, but you know, I've got a you, pretty you strong lock on the door and it seems to work pretty well. Yeah, you don't you don't carry it. Um, <laughs> you put it under the mat. Be, I've got a nine volt under the mat, or maybe you know something in a that, fake that, rock that people. The, I, I was wondering this because the the sludge gives me well enough warning or sludge if we want to be fancy gives me well enough warning before the batteries are going to die. And you can also hear when yeah. it closes. It goes when it goes. You're like, okay, time to change the battery. But I always wonder, like. Couldn't we have it where you can just stick your phone somewhere and plug it in? No data, but just let your phone power it in an emergency, right? If you would carry you a 9-volt well, battery. Well, that's what the 9-volt is. Yes, you wouldn't have this problem. Just carry a 9-volt. But your phone, your phone is in your pocket. The 9-volt, that's a different story, <laughs> right? Like, I got my phone. So I got my watch. This, right? these, uh, so I, M- I put these, the photo in. Oh, good. These yeah. M-Power smart doors, it says, Masonite says, are coming soon. To the Home Depot. To Home Depot. Yes. And this is a replacement front door. You can get it in different colors. You can get it in different light or different window things. What? So, so that is the power cord going from your house to the door. And the door is actually very nice. As someone who's this, recently bought a front door. It's a fiberglass that's, that's door. Your, okay. Yeah. It's a fiberglass door. Yeah. Um, I, I did not show you the, there's, there's plenty of pictures on the internet of the actual door. Yeah. We get um, the idea. So it is And the connected. integrated lighting is nice. Yeah, it's got lights. So like when somebody leaves a package, it lights up. It has a welcome, uh, LED welcome See, so, yeah, lighting. It's got lights all along the, the top, the bottom. It's got a ring doorbell um, built, built in. So I guess... Uh, here's my issue. Yeah. I hate the fact that it's got the ring stuff built in. And I hate the fact that there isn't a size standard like an... Is it not an, I want to say an OSHA standard, but like a building standard for the size of like your connected doorbell, because then you could slot any doorbell in there. Yeah. Like, I hate the fact that you've got doors with holes in them that in, I mean, I haven't fit. had a doorbell that lasts more than four years. Yeah. I just yeah. kind of glue mine onto the door jammer around the door like a normal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> human. I don't, it doesn't have to be built in. Although the smart lock does, right? They, they show it with a Yale, but it says shown with Yale, which sounds like. You could put other smart locks in there. Is that a standard? You can. That's not a standard yet either. Oh, no. wow. It's shown with Yale. You can choose other doors. I think they manufacture it, though, with the oh, other okay. locks. Okay. Like, it has a door state sensor. So if you're one of those people who said, did I close the door? You can see if it's closed. It's a nice <laughs> idea. I think it's a nice idea for, like, I think there's, like, in an apartment complex, this might sure. be yeah. kind of compelling. Um. I know that it they're designed for the home, but I feel like it's just a little too soon. And this is where matter comes in. And the we don't have enough standards yet, both on the physical side, and we don't have enough laws to protect us on the, the digital side for keeping this stuff in. And we don't have interoperability between all of our systems yet for everything. So it's too soon to start building this stuff into our homes at you this level. You can see, though, how there might be pressure from these builders uh, to start standardizing so that they could do this. I mean, I, th- oh, yeah. I, yeah, I yep. can see where yeah. that's coming from. Yeah. Not so much consumers. I think consumers have just thrown up their hands and said, it's a tower of Babel. It's, it's always going to have some extra hub and 
something's not going to talk to something else, I give up. Is matter going to change that? That's really was the well, premise. The, the hub thing is pretty incredible because I saw a couple of cool hubs. I think one was might have been Samsung. Stacy, you'll be able to fill this in. The new um, smart but- station? Yeah, the smart station. That's what it was. And it, it starts to like be a translator, if you will, going back to the House of Babel situation. Yeah, that's what so you that's, need. So that's what matter is. Matter is designed to be a translator between certain devices. So they will translate between Apple's ecosystem, Google's, so any ecosystem basically is. So if you have. And Samsung is a, a matter member of matter. And these smart things. Yes. Station, is that a matter device? Is that how it works? It is a matter, okay. yes. It, okay. it does it not exist yet. Uh, really that was interesting. something like that works because, you know, we're going to have to deal with this interoperability problem for so many years to come, and anything that can fix that is welcome. That's the whole point of matter, right? Well, pe- people Although, Stacey, six matter hubs. Yeah, the, yeah, the last time wow. you were on Twig, you said matter is maybe not a high enough level solution to solve that, that it's more of a lower level solution. Is that, it is, is a lower correct? level solution. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, it is It is good for some things. Your light bulbs are going to like, you could buy any light bulb, any matter light bulb is going to work with any matter system and that's not going to be a problem for you, right? But where it starts getting weird is, oh, okay, well, cool. I can tell Madam A to turn off my lights. But if you wanted to like set up some cool like light bulb thing where like when I enter a room and this motion detector senses me, turn on the lights, you're still going to have to program that. And that's, where people are going to be like, oh, I thought Matter was going to solve all this, but it's really not yes. yet. You know who had a really cool one? And I'm going to mow in, you know, like the, the faucet, faucet people. The faucet folks. They have a sensor that says when I walk into the room and sit down in my reading chair, which I have in my bedroom, turn on my reading light. Unless I roll into the room at 1030 and Karen's already asleep, it's like, not going to turn the light Wait on. Your water me. faucet turns on your light? No, no, no. They made a little sensor that you put in your room. Oh, okay. But it's, it's, it's weird that it's made by Moen. That's the only part that threw me off. I had to double check Stacey, the reading because I was like, when she Wait, moved what? from Austin, left behind all of her fancy faucets, right, Stacy? I did. I replaced my fancy faucets. Oh, but this is, this is a standalone sensor. Oh, okay. It's a really cool not, sensor because, again, like, I, I love the fact that if I walk into my bedroom and I sit in, I have this, you know, Sherlock Holmes chair in my bedroom that I don't know where we got it from, but it's amazing. And it's like old Victorian chair. I love this chair. So when you sit in it, it's a big high back with the wings on the side. And, like, for it to automatically turn on my Apple TV and turn on the little lamp that's right next to it, so I can sit down and watch my shows and not pay attention and do stuff with my iPad. Perfect. But if it did that every time I walked in a room and she's already asleep, yo, I'm going to get cursed out, hit with something, <laughs> whatever. So this thing is smart enough to know that someone's sleeping and it'll do. The other thing is smart enough to know is that if someone moves, but it's not a big enough move to turn on the, the panic light, it won't turn it on. So it won't get tricked by breathing or the cat walking in and stuff. According Are you to sure me. that's the Moen sensor? I think that's what it was, the Moen smart sensor. You went there, don't ask um, me. <laughs> well, no, because I, I I don't recall seeing it, and I'm looking for it. I, I This exists. I, I think it was What you're Moen. describing exists. I just didn't. I'm like, really? Moen did it? But it's, um, it's just weird that it came from the faucet company. That's the part that threw me off, I think. Well, that's what's throwing me off, too. So Moen was there, according to Stacy on IoT, with new sprinkler and soil sensors. Maybe that's what you're confusing (laughs) with. (laughs) Well, yeah, they totally have that. And uh, bless their hearts, 
they were just totally like, I was like, hey, is this soil sensor? That's pretty cool. It'll work with my other stuff. And they're like, no, we're using a proprietary oh, system. God. Have we learned oh, maybe nothing? I'm, like, maybe I was wrong. I got to find out who made it. But it was really cool because those those kind of things would come in really so handy. Because right leaf. now the sensors are too sensitive. My kitchen one drives me crazy. Like it comes on for no reason. Yeah. So NanoLeaf actually offers, they launched, and this is not, here's a good example of where matter is not going to go as far. NanoLeaf launched something called Sense Plus Controls, and it is a light switch that's wired or unwired. It's going to be out, I think, well, I'll just say later next year. I think it's the third quarter of next year. They have an odd uh, slogan, the only buttons not meant to be pushed. Yeah, so the, I, that is exactly what he's talking about. What Doc Rock is talking about is exactly what they're trying to do. They created something called Nala. It is the NanoLeaf Automated Learning, no, NanoLeaf AI Learning Automations or something. Anyway, the point is, it's they're basically applying smart rules to their lights and eventually, possibly other lights that you're going to bring in to the NanoLeaf. System. So I know the name and, Nanoleaf. In fact, you introduced it to us because they make those things on the wall that do the shapes and all that. Mm-hmm. This, yes, but the triangles. they're they're now doing. Is this new for them, or were they always doing this? And we just never. This is new. This, this is, is brand new, new from okay. CES. Is the and they're doing this because now they have the bandwidth. So I had the CEO of Nanoleaf on the podcast, Jimmy Chu, and he was like, "Yeah, we couldn't. We were spending so much time, you know, modifying for Apple, modifying for yeah, you know, no Google, and yeah. now." Now we can actually do this, which is pretty cool. Here, I'll show you the cool thing. This is from, uh, uh, I have your uh, picture from your blog with the Sense Plus oh, controls. Here, I t- yeah. Oh, yeah, that's there. But this is their new, this is just fun. So that's a new fun. They're trying to bring color into everyday lighting in your house. And this nice. is their ceiling option, which. Oh, it's so cool. Are you, did you, you're doing something. Are you putting a link in to I, the. I put the link. I, okay. I just I'm just swapping out links Good. left and right. Uh, oh, this is kind of so. This is that gone back to that geometry thing. But, so that's ceiling. That's that's in your, your ceiling, ceiling. Is what they're trying mm. to show you. Ooh, yeah. And if you can shrink those down, you could get some quite high resolution stuff. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to sleep with the eye of Sauron going over them? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. so that's one of the things. And this is this is big picture, but and and I'm kind of I'm having had nano leaves in my life for a long time. He's saying, hey, look, we're going to, the next step in lighting is color because it's, mm. it's cheap. It's easy, right? But Hugh's and done now that we just since they came out. out. That's what Hugh they started have. doing. Hugh, Hugh has I'm, always had the one problem of, and it's going to sound crazy. They have really bad design. And so what happens is their light bulbs, when they spit fall off out, the fall off is just odd. And that matters in light, like how it shapes and how the light looks, where it hits the wall and things like that. Their bulb shape is just odd. So it calls for bad lighting patterns and their white lights have always been so yellow. Yeah, I'm sorry. So there's a hue. I have that light. I have that. I have 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 those. Those are all the little little can, the little uh, can spotlights. I have. Like a I have like fifty four of them, yeah. and I I love them. And then I got somebody gave me a life as bulb, thinking they were doing me a favor. And I'm like, oh, the shape of this is automatically makes for better light, and wow. it's not as yellow. Mm-hmm. And I so did not even Phillips, know this. Although because the I've product only had is good, yeah. the, I've, I have I have like over sixty of them. The product is is basically flawless, except for their design is bad. And as soon as you notice something else, you know the difference. It goes back to that. Once you had an A5 Wagyu steak, you realize that the ribeye from Ruth Chris is a joke. 
Yes, and I would agree with you. <laughs> or or the sushi in Japan versus the sushi yeah. in South Florida. Is that how yeah. you get this purple background behind you, uh, Doc Rock? Is the uh, I'm using um, nano lights. No, hues actually bad for video people because they they look good at first. The minute that you use a you lose a sync timing, they will flicker like crazy. Oh, that's not good. Oh. So Epileptic I have hell. all yeah. video lights, including that fake light bulb right there. It's an actual professional video light because they they're designed to sync with your shutter oh, yeah. speeds. Oh. We're learning so much here. Um, so on the the total sum of it all, Stacy, do you feel like? I've gone many years in thinking home automation is not getting simpler. It's not getting easier. It's not, it's getting crazier. Do you feel like we're starting to make progress? No, I That's think we're still overcomplicating it. Yeah. No, there we're, we're taking small steps in some areas and not doing things right. in others. So I think we see a lot of good ideas I think there's some really important things like the energy management is really important, right? Yes, I think that's going to actually yes. affect things and, and we're going to do some really good stuff. I think matter will help bring, you know, a lot of smart home stuff to more people that want it. Um, I don't think there's a really compelling reason still for a lot of people to want this because there's not other than like using your voice to turn on your lights, like who cares? But if it's, you can have things like, the smarter stuff that Doc Rock's talking, like what Nanalise was talking about, yeah. then it becomes much more compelling. It's and it's, then I will. It's I not will much end. different than the clap on, clap yeah. off. Basically, <laughs> we're still in yes, our clapper we're still era. There, yeah. that's so funny. You did a okay, great Stacey, podcast a with. Uh, hold on a second. You. you did a great podcast with Kevin Tofel. Uh, of course, the Stacy uh, on IoT uh, website has it. Stacy on IoT dot com. Their IoT podcast is great. You and Kevin were at CES together, so you have all that coverage. And as you mentioned, you have the uh, Nanoleaf uh, guy on Jimmy Chu, or guy or gal, guy. Jimmy, Jimmy is guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so this is definitely worth listening to uh, if you want to know more about this. We did talk earlier today with Sam and Bull Sam about cars. At CES, there were a lot of interesting things, including that new Honda-Sony collaboration called the Afila, which has a built-in PlayStation 5. <laughs> Worst brand name ever, by the way. Afilia. I don't even uh, know about that thing. If you're interested in that, Sam talked uh, for uh, about 20 minutes with us on Ask the Tech Guys, our first episode. That's at twit.tv slash ATG. Father Robert also had a very nice cut down where he showed like 800 products in five minutes. Uh, that was on the Ask the Tech Guys show as well. And Robert will be on next week to uh, talk more. He kind of, I think, ended up seeing a lot more uh, kind of goofy stuff <laughs> than you did. Uh, I bypassed the, I, I had limited time because I was yeah. sick for a full day. So no. I was like, goofy, skip it. Ain't got no time for goofy. <laughs> yeah. Do you, on, on balance, you think uh, CES was worth it this year? You're glad you went? I mean, I like seeing Kevin. <laughs> I like getting out of the house. That's, that's what mostly, mostly I hear. Basically, the rationale for CES is I get to see my friends. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's a social oh, LobbyCon is the, is the main reason why we go to these things. So, yeah. LobbyCon, the, where uh, we meet in the lobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. LobbyCon, I love that. Yeah. Did you see the GE Profile Mixer? Because that thing had me. So I was just about to bring that up. Oh, okay, that's, that, that's, that's all I've been wanting to ask you this entire I time. I wish you would know here. about that as well. Yeah. But Leo wouldn't let yeah. you. I have a house full in. of GE profile crap that breaks more than <laughs> any of the stuff ever I've ever had. 
But okay, proud tell to be me, an American. <laughs> tell me about so, the GE Profile Smart Mixer with AutoSense, the smartest mixer in America. This is this is a this is a thousand dollar mixer. I'm just going to tell everybody so you can guess. So I have I a very nice you know KitchenAid that has lasted forty freaking yes, years. Yes, my KitchenAid's thirty years old, yeah. but it was five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks thirty years but ago worth was it. a lot. But worth yeah, it because right. it never broke. So this think, looks like it's, it's not going to last. Is it going to last as long? We'll see. <sighs> I would I replace mean, my KitchenAid yes, if no. it did better. What does it do better? Yeah, I I don't know the math, Leo, but if I think about it seriously, thirty years ago when we paid five six hundred bucks for that oh, thing, yeah, sure. that equals more than a thousand dollars now. But it lasted. Mm-hmm. So That's the point. It, it has definitely lasted. Who knows? This is so you know this have... thing is going to break down in yeah, five exactly. years. Exactly. It's not okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I like so. I mean, we don't know. We, yeah, it's we unknown. Have a, we it's have... not out yet, so we don't know. You it is. Saw it? You can buy it from Crate and Barrel, and I oh, saw it, and I okay. saw it in action, and they they also offer macaroons. All they're showing um, anyway. is it is a dough hook mixing cookie dough, which is great for you, Stacy. But does it do anything else? <laughs> it does. It does everything okay. your mixer would do. Um, the thing it's using that makes it interesting, and yeah. this is actually this is just the reason why we spent fifteen hundred dollars on the June oven. Right. It's smart in the sense that it lets you become an expert. Uh, it has a scale. It augment you. Okay. So it has a scale. You throw that's in your nice. ingredients. It also uses, it's built an algorithm that's basically checking torque on the motor. And based on that, it's understanding if your dough is needed or if your uh, ah. meringue is, or your egg whites are. So you could say, oh, just if, put if your in meringue enough. is meringue. I, well, for yes. instance, it's very easy to go from whipped cream, cream to whipped cream to butter. If it would say, yeah. oh, it's whipped cream, do you want butter? So it no. stops. It stops. Yeah. That's good. Okay, these are going to have so, to be banned from British Bake Off because that would completely <laughs> skew the competition. <laughs> I meant to no, make a governor. Imagine if you did that and then you had the smart oven that told you when your sponge was I, exactly right. I do like this idea. Get fun out of it. <laughs> no, I do like that. I have to say the Thermomix has a scale in it. My June oven has a scale in it. Those things I, really I, make I've it easier. i got to say, having a scale in those look, is a really good idea. Yeah, well, yeah, because baking is science, according to Alton Brown and, you know. It is. And, uh, you know, yeah. American bakers really like to put cups of flour in and everywhere else in the world they measure it by Oh, gr- don't by get grams. me started okay. on your... Oh, yeah. I, I, I've yeah. been cooking over Christmas. I went on extended rant with my family about the use of cups, the use yeah. of ounces, yeah. the ridiculous use of fluid ounces over here. Go metric, please. The number please, one thing please. that ruins recipes uh, in is tablespoons and teaspoons. Because unless you use one that is quote unquote measured to the amount, it's wrong. And if you're doing a tablespoon, a teaspoon of a dry ingredient, you're just guessing. Right. Because right? nobody takes the yeah. thing and oh, does that perfect, to level it off. Perfect hollandaise every time. Oh, but I mean, but this no looks one, good. I want this. You've got the same problem with cups in that, you know, a cup of sliced mushrooms. Well, how do we slice the mushrooms? We do them broad. Do we mince them down? <laughs> I love it. The nerds, enormous the geeks who turned into this show for technology. Are really Sorry, going. yeah, they're really too much cooking, it. But, <laughs> <laughs> hey, geeks gotta eat too. Geeks man. gotta eat. Yeah. geeks gotta <laughs> eat. Know? Uh, okay, so Stacy, yeah, you kind of maybe have convinced me much the same way you convinced me to buy a fifteen hundred dollar toaster. Well, oven. hold on, hold on. Before yes. you go out and do this, yes, some things to know. Yes, you will build up the experience over time in baking in a way I don't think you do. That's in true. An oven. That's true. Because you're physically touching and seeing these things. Yeah, yeah. So it is a lot to pay to, like, 
for those first few classes, if if that yeah. makes sense. Like no, I think it's a right. really yeah, because I could get it right like, now. I, wish, I don't need. I never but, make butter. I always put the right amount of flour in my breads and all of the that. The thing stuff, that so. they added though, that I don't know if it's worth that much money, but it's worth a lot. We have you ever changed the hook on your KitchenAid mid? Yeah, I do something? it all the time. That okay. thing is a pain in the butt. The fact that they have a release <laughs> that's quick, quick that's release. a lot. Okay. Right. The quick but you know what they don't have? The other thing is when your hand is jacked up because I'm doing something with the meat now and I need to do something with the mixer, I could just lean back and be like, okay, can you mix it uh, slow for blah, blah, blah? And that, that is true. That's also good because when you're in the, you're cooking by yourself in the smaller kitchen, it's a pain in the butt. Right. You got to stop what you're doing. Watch your hands. Let me ask back. this because I am very reliant on the accessory thing on my KitchenAid. I use it to make pasta. I use it to spiralize. Yeah, you're not going to have that yet. I lose it. I don't have that yet. Okay. It looks like they've got something in the front where it says profile that you could maybe release and stick in there, but they don't have those. I I think that's the plan. They don't have those for... That's one of the great things about the KitchenAid. My mom made sausage. She had a meat grinder that she would attach to her KitchenAid. Remember the KitchenAid... what was that? The snow cone maker that yeah. we did? Oh, yes. Yeah. That I, I chose one of my picks That's for the week. Right. Yeah, we still use I that. I mean, do you? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> okay, I have an entire appliance to make snow cones, but when you need it, do they have a shave ice? The guy in Hawaii, that's hilarious. Shave, shave ice is just yeah. go down the street. <laughs> shave ice everywhere. Yeah, we, well, yeah. Okay. Seattle, you're, no you're shave, in the shave ice. Shave ice, though. So. Uh, here's we the don't video have that in Seattle. That, uh, no, nor in San Francisco. That uh, GE says, watch the GE smart mixer whip it whip it good so we're gonna <laughs> here it goes it's whipping see to me this is a mixer it's gonna be a little you got okay you gotta you gotta you gotta do a little more than just have a scale in the feet and uh sensing how much tension. i think but like so the june oven started at 1500 yeah, now it's yeah, 500 yeah. No, you're right this can start at a thousand, get down to five. At five hundred dollars, I would a hundred percent. Everything buy this. in my right. house, from my front door to my toilet to my mixer, going to require a separate app. That's where we're headed. Yes, That's, that is oh, where that we're that part is crazy. This is true. The too many apps part of it is insane, and I, I agree with Stacy. I think right now it's a good start, and they have to start somewhere, and they have to start and have the companies that do this stuff have to be willing to be a joke. Yes. And everybody's humor Initially. for like yes. two to three years. And then they go back and go, look who's laughing. And if you don't believe me, iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I sound like a, like a Luddite on this, but I do think there is, you've raised a very serious point in that at what point does the convenience of these devices get lost in the amount of updating and upkeeping and cross-platform support that you need to do to actually run them? I suspect people are going to basically pick the devices they want just stick with those, and a lot of these are going to get left, you know, in in the garbage. Well, they will, and I will tell you, I've got, I mean, I buy the stupidest, like, I have a smart, I have a GE cafe oven that is smart, and I bought a smart pan that actually teaches us how to cook, but the the pan, I will not use it, because it is a lot of maintenance. My husband still uses Mm -hmm. it, because I also know how to cook, so I'm like, eh. But what I think will happen is the most successful devices you won't need the app for. And like with the June oven, even with this GE, yeah, thing, I don't need yes, the there app. are apps that you yeah, can you're use, right. you're but right. you don't actually have to use no, the app. No, I don't. So yeah. I, that's where I think we'll see more value. A lot of that, and there is value in downloading the app, you know, setting it up so you can talk to it. Like voice is great in the kitchen. I tell my oven to preheat, you know, if I told my mixer to like, you know, 
I loved it that you used to be able to go to your faucet, say, give me a cup of water and it would do it exactly. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And those, those are things that are really like compelling. Yeah. And once you set those up, they tend to work for quite some time. I mean, yes. And you get used to them and you will keep them. But so I think people will add them ad hoc, which is why interoperability is so important. And if it's useful, they'll keep using it. Otherwise, right. The the first time it falls off, like my dryer fell offline, like after the second or third time my dryer fell offline, I was like, why? I don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm not connecting it again. I mean, there was, there was some interesting stuff in terms of uh, sort of, interoperable standards. I saw the new QE, QE, uh, Qi 2 standards Qi? coming out on while, mm-hmm. on while it's charging with Apple backing it, which is really ironic considering that Apple balked that standard on its own devices for so many years. But, you know, it's that they the industry has got together and said, look, there's no point having two competing standards for wireless charging. And now mm-hmm. Apple, of all people, is on board. That was really encouraging. Yeah, I mean that's that's what's happened with matter. That's it'll keep happening. We're just in the early days, and we want things to move. We've so been much in the faster. early days for twenty freaking years. Well, think it, about how long electrification took. This yeah, is not right. like okay. smartphone adoption. This okay. is like electrification. Okay. It's true. This, this makes sense. All right, let's take a little I, break. Uh, I think that's it for CES. Yes, anything? Last chance. Okay. Do you want to talk about the Bird Buddy <laughs> smart hummingbird feeder that can identify 350 different species of hummingbirds going, going? Do you want to talk the birds. <laughs> do you want to talk about the smart pen, the NUA, that has four ca- three cameras in it and will record what you're writing and then turn it into, I don't know what, a picture? You want to- I do. I do miss a couple of years ago when they had the smart hairbrush and we ran the main attraction headline. But no, it's. <laughs> <gasps> Did you see the three D printed skin gummies where you take a picture and they use this quote unquote AI to analyze your skin issues and then it three D. It's like Neutrogena is making these. And then it three D prints vitamins. Oh, oh that's cool. Grief. On demand. It is not cool, Leo. That is no. stupid. Right. It is a waste this is of money. Bollocks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wasn't there also uh, at least one, maybe more devices uh, that smelled? Did you see oh, God, these? So much smelling. There was a so lot of smelling. smelling this is uh, this is the aroma God, shooter. You... This is the aroma yeah. shooter. Uh, which this is uh, the hell an, gets an... VC funding for this rubbish. <laughs> I mean, there are people starving in the world for goodness' sake. It uses sake. solid state cartridges. In a variety of flavors, papaya, chamomile, and soy sauce, and then it 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 has, of course, an app, the Aroma Player, that that shoots smells into the air. You want to see a video? Oh, By the way, thanks. I gotta I gotta have a lot of credit to Katie Wickens at uh, at PC Gamer who went around and found all the stupidest stuff at yeah. CES. This is the aroma shooter and the aroma player, the official NSFW trailer. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to show an NSFW? Maybe trailer? I don't want to show that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe what is not going show on that. here? <clears throat> All right, let's stop it right now before kill it, it gets kill it with fire. Oh, see it. See, look, it's like a mixer, like uh, like Logic. Only instead of mixing music, you're mixing aromas. So you've got orange, dark chocolate, peppermint. Floral soap, perfume, and natural forest. And then while you're watching your video, the aroma shooter, which looks like, I hate to say it, it looks like it goes on your head and shoots at your nose 
will shoot these smells at you as you're watching the video. Am I am I that accurate? That sounds incredibly yeah. annoying. No, that's that. Yes, that's what happens. And then you saw like Moen launched a K cup kind of thing for, or was it? It may have been um, Kohler. I can't remember if it was Moen or Kohler. I think it's Kohler actually. Kohler's doing K cups, aromatherapy K cups for your showers. Um, Nito Robotics is doing aromatherapy things that you stick in your vacuum cleaner. So when your Roomba, it's not your, it's your Nito vacuums running around. It's it, people apparently feel like they smell bad and their world smells bad because that was definitely a theme we saw at CES. Isn't that funny? You know, deodorant's only about a hundred years old. You know, it was it was invented, and then it was just like, let's find a market for this. So they went after women, then they went after men, and now we're all wearing deodorant. And it's just this wasn't an issue. Yeah, but do you remember years what the ago. world smelled like a oh, hundred years yeah. ago? I I'm okay with deodorant. <laughs> I lived in Texas yeah. for like yeah. forty years. Deodorant is really important. Just living in the day, man. The the amount of people that thought patchouli was an excellent oh, like God. cover up for like oh, old spice. No, yeah, it's like no, man. Patchouli is fine by itself, but patchouli and funk, nah, fam. No, it's like when you come in someone's house and incense is everywhere, and it's just like I get you like the smell, but not all the time. <laughs> Why is it that? If I see a guy with dreadlocks, I almost am sure they're going to smell like patchouli. Why is that? <laughs> what, what is that all about? Right, if they're wearing that poncho, too, it's 100% going to happen. <laughs> that, By the way, that, knit that was me in high school. I'm just going to say. <laughs> but I didn't know any better. Uh, then I found clove oh, cigarettes and my life changed. Meal. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, let's take a little break. We've got lots more non-CES material with our wonderful panels, great to. This is a good way to begin the new year, I think. Uh, our first sh official show of the new year. I hope you enjoyed the best of and the holiday episode we've done for the last two weeks. Uh, but it's good to get back in the saddle. Doc Rock is here, ECAM uh, e ambassador extraordinaire, community manager Hello. there at Doc Rock. Great to see you, Ian Thompson from the Register. Always a pleasure, Ian at Ian Thompson. Always fun. We were debating whether Ian should come up or not, and I think after last night's, uh, it was either a bowling alley or a war zone. But I don't know. Was it like that in San Francisco? It was. We had lightning. And oh, I, I posted a photo on. I uh, posted a video on Twitter. I mean, in in retrospect, looking at the forecast, probably not a good idea. And coming I'm glad you. Yes. Because coming back down, it's going to be pretty brutal on the freeway. Yeah. And California drivers do not know how to drive in the rain. It never rains, <laughs> but it pours. Here's Ian's uh, video from. Uh, a rainy day, a rainy night in San Francisco. It was a full moon, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell. And then we wake up uh, this morning to a crystal clear blue sky and that full moon, that yeah. moon, just hanging there. So, but it was crazy. We we had, I mean, I I did not sleep well last night because it was it was like we don't get thunder and lightning here either. You get it in North Carolina, right? You're, was, you were used. It was to it like now. Texas. It was like Texas. <laughs> it was like summer in Texas or summer in uh, Kakalaki. Uh, but we don't. We're not used to that here, and it's winter. There's a lot of trees down in, in the neighborhood at the moment. Yeah. I'm right. a member of the local CERT team, and we, we've been getting alerts all day. Oh wow! Uh, sorry, CERT so as in community emergency response, not the computer one. But yeah, yeah, um, nice. Yeah, good for you. It's good you do that. Uh, also, here's Stacy Higginbotham from beautiful, the beautiful Pacific Northwest, where uh, you have a drought up there too. I hope you get some rain. Uh, it's raining right now. Oh, <laughs> it's raining for the next week. It looks nice and green. Well, we send it up your way.
Our uh, show today brought to you by, I'm happy to say, our great friends at ExpressVPN. When Lisa and I were in uh, Mexico this past week, we really wanted to watch Thursday Night Football on uh, on Amazon. And, uh, and I said, oh, I know what to do. ExpressVPN. Fired that sucker up. I said, I think we're in Miami tonight. We were able to watch the football game. ExpressVPN is the best VPN service out there for a number of reasons. First of all, they are absolutely pure as the driven snow. They do not collect. They do not log. They do not collect any information about you. And they go the extra mile to make sure your privacy is 100%. They use a custom Debian distribution on all their servers all over the world that refreshes itself every day, wipes the drive, and starts over. When you go to an ExpressVPN server, when we went to that server in Miami, press the connect button on the ExpressVPN app, it spun up an entirely new instance of their trusted server software. It runs in RAM, and it is completely isolated from the rest of the system. It's 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 uh, firewalled off so that it cannot write to the disk. It's sandboxed, so it cannot write to the disk. Uh, and then when you're done, you close the ExpressVPN, and poof, it's gone, and there's no trace of your presence. Now, that's what you need in the VPN server, virtual private network. They do three things. One, of course, they improve your security on open Wi-Fi. Actually, we kept ExpressVPN open the whole time at the hotel because we were on hotel Wi-Fi. But I knew I felt secure. And the nice thing about leaving ExpressVPN on is they invest in their servers. They invest in their bandwidth. So they you never feel like you're sluggish, you're slow. We were able to watch HD video just fine. And, and, and you do it also to protect your privacy because even your internet service provider is collecting data and selling it on to data brokers. Those data brokers are one of the most vile things that has happened in this internet era. They collect information about you from all sorts of sources, your browsing history, your online searches, your location data, then sell it off to, to the highest bidder, uh, which includes, by the way, the U.S. government, the Department of Homeland Security, and we've just learned the IRS as well. It's, privacy is important to you. If security is important to you, and if you'd like to watch a football game in another country or another jurisdiction, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN. It hides your IP address. You're using their IP address. That's another reason you want to use ExpressVPN. They invest in their I, their infrastructure, and they rotate their IP addresses. So people who don't even know you're using a VPN. It's the only one I use. Express VPN. 100% of your traffic is encrypted, of course, and your privacy is guaranteed. Make sure your online activity and data is protected with the best VPN money can buy. It's not expensive. Less than 7 bucks a month uh, when you get our special offer. And I think that's well worth it to have that kind of privacy, security, and occasionally to watch, a, you know, maybe watch a little uh, anime from Netflix Japan expressvpn.com slash tweet. If you go there right now, three extra months through our special link. E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash T-W-I-T. Please use that address so that they know you saw it here. We thank them for their support. Expressvpn.com slash twit. We've been spending a lot of time over the last week talking about the last pass breach. Steve Gibson uh, did uh, a, an entire episode on it, which I'll give you a hint. He titled Leaving Last Pass. Uh, earlier today on Ask the Tech Guy, we, we talked about how to export your data from LastPass, but also the risks 
Um, I don't. There is a a, a lawsuit uh, which the uh, uh, plaintiff hopes to turn into a class action lawsuit. I don't think he's got class status yet. He claims he lost, I think, fifty three thousand dollars because of a last the last pass breach. We don't know much about what happened because LastPass hasn't been super forthcoming. Um, but quite sit- the opposite from a journalistic point of view, I have to say. They've been absolutely closed-minded about it. Unless okay, they let's be fair. to make a statement. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that they said, well, in July they said, oh, yeah, social engineering guy uh, got into our source code. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, then a couple of months later they say, oh, and by the way, after that guy got in the source code, he used what he learned there to get into our systems and some customer information. Some, they didn't say what, Mm -hmm. customer information was released. Now, three days before Christmas, interesting timing, they said, oh, you know what? Actually, the guy got the entire backup of all the encrypted vaults. Yeah. That's about as bad as it could get. I mean, thankfully, they were encrypted. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, they have to crack those vaults. They are encrypted using... uh, AES-256, yeah. Uh, although uh, Steve talked about this uh, early on when LastPass first started years ago, and when we first started talking about them, they were using a hashing function called PBKDF2 to hash the passwords or the master password, and only 500 iterations, or maybe it was 5,000, but it was far. It was fine then. 5,000 was fine then, but 5,000 today is way too low. It really does open you up to brute forcing. LastPass uh, advanced that to 100,100 a couple of years ago, but not everybody got automatically advanced. And we and we don't know the LastPass vault that was, the vaults that were exfiltrated, we don't know when they were backed up or how many of them had the, the higher number of hashes. You need at least 100,000 these days. In fact, OWASP recommends uh, 300,000 iterations uh, of PD, PBKDF2 to protect your master password. So there is some real concern, legitimate, I think, real concern that what's going to happen now that this, the, we don't know when it happened. We don't know how much they got. We, Steve, I said, but Steve. it's the crown jewels. It is. You know? It's I mean, the this one is, thing that they have to protect. Yeah. yeah. It's their one job. Yep. You <laughs> have one they job. Want the pushing out secret key comes in, though, right? Earlier. Sorry. No, no, I'm saying for those of us that are like one password, like even if you got my vault, you ain't doing nothing with my vault because you still need the secret key. So well, it's the same with LastPass. Same with LastPass. The problem is there are a couple of problems here. Uh, once you have the vault, you can apply every bit of brute force you wish. Right now, if it's True. well, if you had a good master password that was really long, um, and if it was properly hashed, probably you're okay. But there are going to be people out there whose master password, because you have to remember it. Remember, is monkey one two three. There are going to be people out That's there. That's the funny part about well, my clients. I get everybody, my family, my everybody. I get them on one password, right? I have I had LastPass two for a minute from a team that I worked with, and they insisted on using that because at the time they were the they were more they were the uh, best. That's the why we they we they advertised with us for years. They were a studio yeah. Sponsor. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, they they worked on all the platforms. That's what and I'm they're completely cross platform, <laughs> right? 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 Yeah. But but then eventually one password became cross platform. But I've always got my clients on that and. I always get irritated when I go in and the client has the one password password taped to the monitor. Yeah. I was like, that wasn't the whole point, jerk face. Yeah. <laughs> or, but I or understand like, that because you have to remember that password. Once you're using a right. password manager, the good news is from now on you use 
Each password is a new, fresh password just for that site, and it's long and strong and non-memorable. But you do still have to have that master password, and you still have to remember that, and you enter it all the time. Um, I asked Steve, I said, look, I use a YubiKey. I've used a YubiKey for years to for two-factor. Two if people use two-factor, are they safer? And he said, no, unfortunately. And he said, the, the person who has these vaults doesn't need the two-factor to un to get your master password and open the vault. That's only for you when you're logging in or if a bad guy's logging in on your machine, then the two-factor ha is handy. So we're pretty vulnerable. I, I don't know what's going to happen, I, but I, I wonder if we're going to start to see over the next few months more and more people say, oh, I've, you know, my somebody's got my passwords. Um, well, well, wait, now, I thought, okay, so this may be me being confused. I thought the thing about, for for instance, for one password, even if you know the master password, when you first put it on a machine, before you could do anything, you got to get through the secret key. Yeah, that's because not actually stored there. That's, that's stored because the you are logging in now to LastPass's server to get the vault the vault downloaded to your machine. The guy has the vault. He doesn't need that second factor. He has the vault. All he has to do yeah, is... It's like he took the safe works. home and gets to he work. He has the safe in his house. Uh, no, so it. that's why this okay, is... I don't know uh, why really that, didn't, that didn't cross through the old melon skis over here, but hey, it's it's still full of Japanese food. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not alone. In fact, one of the reasons we've been talking about it on all the shows is because I want people to understand the risks here. If they have your vault, if you had a LastPass account, and by the way, because they haven't been forthcoming on... Okay, they said somebody got our vault backups. Okay, but when were they backed up from? Were they from a year ago, two years ago, last month? They didn't say. I had a LastPass account for years. I deleted my vault about two years ago. But if the backup predated that, then they have my vault, right? So it's yeah, not. And it's, if you reuse passwords, then that's well, a that's huge even worse. Hole. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I'm hoping I deleted my vault and it wasn't in the backup this guy got. But for many people who are using LastPass now or whoever used LastPass, at this point, you're just crossing your fingers or you do what I've told everybody. By the way, we use LastPass Enterprise here, so we're we're still LastPass users. Uh, my wife uses it. I said, Lisa, what you have to do at this point is change all your passwords, the most important passwords. Start with the ones that don't yeah. have two-factor. Those have mm -hmm. to be changed. And then <clears throat> if you are using two-factor, well, that's good news because the bad guy would still have to use two-factor to get into your bank or whatever. But you should eventually change that as well. Uh, yeah. That's a People lot gotta of work. you got to remember to change them, change them like in a time basis as well. Because yeah. if you're, okay, like for instance, if you're using, all of the password managers tell you like every couple of months that you should change these passwords. That's Nobody wrong, does. by the way. No, and I think that's wrong. Um, NIST right. used to recommend this. This was a bad recommendation. They recommended rotating passwords. And it, and. It's not necessary unless you're thinking your password vaults be regularly being stolen. <laughs> I mean, maybe you should. Maybe now that is good advice. Yeah, like maybe that is good advice. Yeah, but, right. but that's what I was thinking. I was thinking the backup would be old, right? So that even if they got the password, right. it's still wrong. Right. But yeah, most people don't change it unless you but, have. But so I've certainly let me point this out. Places if make you they, do it. Whatever the master password was when that vault was backed up, that's still the master password no matter what you do. You're not changing that vault. You're only changing your current vault. The one, the bad, the vault the bad guys brought home, it's whatever the password was then. It's whatever the PBKDF2 iterations were then. 
It's however weak it was then. Nothing you do today will make that go away. Except changing all the passwords in that old vault so that if they do break into it, they can't break into your stuff. It's kind of a mess. Um, it's a huge mess. It's as bad as you can get. killing me. We got to make it the P is your password. <laughs> I got to check my account. Hold on. I got to go to the bathroom. So you're over there. Why, why are you drinking all of this water? Look, man, I got to pay my taxes. I can't get in. Uh, you want you want to take a break and change all your passwords? You can do that if you, if you need to. It's okay. I've got to say this really sort of brings back the the importance of occasionally analog password stuff. Um, Absolutely, yeah. For really important passwords, I don't put them in a password manager. I write them down and I hide them somewhere in the house, in a way that in somewhere that thieves would never look, i.e., books. So you know, if there's a book in there and it's got your passwords in it, and then you just update them at the time. And you don't have to put those key passwords out there. I'll never forget going to Target and looking in the notebook section. And there's a notebook, nice tall one that says passwords on it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Impulse, impulse gold leaf. But honestly, the, the old folks like my mom who've been writing down their passwords, they're safer because you'd have to break into yeah. her house. As long no, as she didn't exactly. reuse them and made good ones, they're actually safer. So, and that's one reason a number of people, and I'm can, going back and forth on this. Uh, our sponsor, Bitwarden, lets you host your own vault so that it's not in the Bitwarden. See, that's a more sensible operation. I don't know. I mean, asking someone to host their own stuff, I mean, I'm not an expert. That Yeah, that's why I've always let LastPass and now Bitwarden host it because I figure, well, they're security gurus. But that didn't work out so well for LastPass users, right? Well, I mean, yes, for something like that, it's a one-time thing. Um, also, I, the thing, the, the risk is that LastPass is a cent is a single point of failure, right? They have them all. Right. If it's you and it's on Dropbox, somebody has to be going after your Dropbox and getting your vault there, and they still have to go through the decryption process. So I changed my tune. I used to say, let them host it because they're experts. I'm not, and I could do something stupid. But now I'm thinking maybe you have an advantage of a little bit of security through obscurity by not having your vault in a central location. You'd have to run a last unless you're someone like a journalist. Yeah. yeah what do you do? I mean, like, what do you do if you're vulnerable? Well, you're, you're, it's not that you're really vulnerable. You have a higher risk. Profile. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. What if? Yeah. What, what if you're? You know, it depends on what your your threat profile is. But if you're a dissident or a journalist or you live somewhere where it's not okay to be you, um, what then? What do you do? Well, I mean, I was part of the Google's advanced uh, protection system that they introduced for journalists when they first brought it out. So you've got a YubiKey and you've got a Bluetooth thing and you have to log in. You know, if you're coming in <clears throat> to your existing account on a new computer, you've got to have this with you. Otherwise, you're locked out. It's a bit of a pain in the ass if you actually lose the key. But it's actually a pretty good security system. But, you know, for mass market, People just don't do this. I mean, Google introduced two-factor authentication for Gmail, for example, and 10 years later, less than 20% of people were yeah. actually using it. They actually started you know, forcing is, people, didn't they? Yeah, they had to because, yeah. as I say, this is not that people want convenience, not security. Um, and this is part of the problem I have with password managers in that it sounds like a great solution until the LastPass thing happens and then it all goes to hell. So I I have to say, even if you're using LastPass, you're still better off in most cases because most users reuse passwords. Yep. 
And that's the worst case it's scenario, true. right? It's true, yeah. There, there's this thing on Netflix right now. It's called Kaleidoscope. And it's an interesting show premise because you could jump in at any one of the, I think, 12 episodes. You could watch them in any order. But it tells, like, you know, the story of a heist from, like, multiple angles. And one of the things they had in there, which was really funny, is that the guy who they're trying to break into his vault, he had a gate detection. <laughs> so the vault is down the hallway and as you're walking down the hallway, it knows it's not him because everybody has a unique gate. Oh, gate like G A I T, like how you walk. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, Google's I been doing that. that was actually. an interesting like thing to come up with. Um, but no, it's right real. With the Japan, it's real. Google's I, I, been studying this. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yes. Well, see, that was funny to me because right before I went to Japan, I accidentally, like, literally hours before I got on a plane. I accidentally kicked the couch at full blast and broke my toe. So, so you got a different so gate now, gate, baby. So that means I wouldn't be able to get into my thing to get <laughs> my stocks funny. and bonds. I, I remember when funny. I was in college, I was going walking down the street and a guy said, hey, Leo. And I, it was like 100 feet away. I said, how did you know it was me? He said, I could tell by how you walk. You have a distinctive, I don't know what I, I was a silly walk or what, but you have a distinctive gate. And Google says everybody does. And your phone mm -hmm. can detect it because of the accelerometers, right? We had the guy from, we had the former something of either the FBI or the CIA at one of our structure conferences, like in 2014. And he got up on stage and he was like, we love Fitbit. Um, we can totally tell who different people are based on their gait. And everyone was like, oh my gosh. It's, and then they forgot about it promptly. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's also got applications to the kind of health things that we were talking about from CES. I mean, Billy Connolly, the famous Scottish comedian, was diagnosed with his terminal medical condition simply because he was walking across a room wow. and a doctor who knew what he was talking about wow. said, hang on a second, you're showing um, signs of this particular illness. Isn't that You need to go and see your doctor right now. This is a, all incredibly valuable stuff. But, yeah. It's what um, we're, I mean, honestly, that's what we're learning from smartwatches. More and more we're hearing stories about people whose Apple watches saved their lives because it detected AFib or some other heart condition and, uh, and said, you should see your doctor. Uh, I'm sure gate will be the next thing. That's it cool. hasn't pretty, although in on terms of the gate thing for Apple headquarters in particular, when the, the, you know, when the watches first came out, they got this thing that it's good to walk around for 10 minutes every hour, which is perfectly valid. But the problem was they were automatically set for the last 10 minutes of I know, every hour. Everybody gets so up at the same time. So if you were Apple HQ at <laughs> 10 to the hour, Have everyone stood that? up and walked No, around. I noticed that in the early days of the stand detection, everybody had to get up at 10 minutes till the hour. Have they yep. fixed that? Is it's it now staggered? Nope. It still comes on at 50 to me. I swear it comes on at the 50. It's always the minute 50 every time. That's it's hysterical. Time to get up. Well, that's, you know that's because you haven't done it yet. I mean, it, how I else guess. would you do it? True story. Well, one, one of the things that's funny to me I guess me you're right. Is, it's the end. It's coming up to the end of the hour is what you're saying, Stacey. So yeah. you haven't done it yet. If you, you sat that whole hour. Right so that now. really is only a problem with people like us who are completely sedentary, Doc. We're always sitting down. We're just sitting. Uh, I find one of the strangest things to me, and this is maybe it's not the problem where you live, but here locally, many of the state or local services that I have to log in to do something, they still have like eight to 16 character password limits. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, what are you nuts. crazy? And I'm like, yo, you're the city like tax office, right? Or the, the conveyance office. And I can't make a complicated password. So those ones are 
probably some of the first level that these people who are into this kind of like uh, IT sex stuff get into is going through. Everybody has to deal with their state local entities at some point. And a lot of them still have weak password requirements and that's super obnoxious. So I would hope that somewhere on a federal level, after enough people get in trouble, uh, maybe they should fix that sort of thing. You know, and they're still yelling at the big tech, which I get, but they got to look at their own. We, uh, we had the story on MacBreak Weekly this week uh, when the Apple fall detection first came out. Remember people on roller coasters were accidentally calling 911. Uh, now it turns out skiers, uh, the ski season who wear Apple watches. There was a huge increase in Colorado fake or false or um, not real 911 calls from their Apple watches because they were going down the slopes and they didn't notice because they probably had, you know, gloves and stuff on they didn't notice that their watch was calling 911 and it's a big problem in in, in these towns but, in colorado i mean <laughs> they'll fix it oh yeah and oh yeah I mean, mm. so still i mean that's on, how this on stuff... balance it's great right saves yeah, people's it's lives. days yeah yeah but yeah i got my mama an apple watch because she's 90 and if she falls i, I, I want her to have help as someone who passes out on the regular i almost switched the apple ecosystem just for that feature but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> You'd rather just pass out. You, but the thing is, you wake up. Uh, uh, yeah, eventually I'll get up. It's fine. You probably don't <laughs> when I pass want, out. It's not a life-threatening thing. Yeah, you probably don't want <laughs> no. nine you know, emergency services to come every single time you pass out. That wouldn't be good. No, I I actually tell people never call nine one one if I pass out unless I'm bleeding or something. Do you, really wrong. Are you are you having epileptic uh, seizures or something? Or no, I just have pots. I just pass out. Pots. It's it's what I do. Uh, pass out. It's terminal. No, it's post osteo something something syndrome. Oh, Someone will know what it is. It's basically when you stand up too quickly, you get lightheaded. Oh yeah. When I stand up yeah. too quickly, yeah. my heart rate doesn't yeah. it doesn't push enough blood and it just goes. So, yeah, so you should stand up more slowly, Stacey. I'm just saying. Or don't stand up at all. Yes, because I'm such a slow and patient person. <laughs> 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 Even the FBI says you maybe you ought to use a an ad blocker. This always cracks me up because law enforcement, on the one hand, really wouldn't prefer you you know not be private, not encrypt, not protect yourself in any way. On the other hand, gosh, you guys got to protect yourselves out there. Uh, the FBI, in a pre-holiday PSA, said that cyber criminals are buying ads, you know, like the ads that show up on your websites. To impersonate legit brands like, oh, guess what? Cryptocurrency exchanges. Uh, they often show up as the top of uh, search results. They can look identical to the brands they're impersonating. You know, all of these, this ad sales stuff is automated, right? There's no person saying, oh, let me see. Would you like to buy an ad at the top of the search? All right, it'll be $50. It's all completely automated. So that means bad guys can take advantage of it. Malicious ads are also used to trick victims into installing malware designed, uh, disguised as genuine apps. The FBI's recommendation, install an ad blocker. So I agree. Install an ad blocker. Don't block our ads, if you would. I was going to say, I've got skin in this game. So can I present <laughs> Don't block the Ian's ads. position, maybe? Yes. Yes. Um, yes, certainly. Ads have been used for years now to push malware out, to push false stuff out as well. Um, and I have no problem with people using ad blockers, but if you trust the site, you should disable them for that particular site Good because point. I like to eat. Yes. Um, but I mean, advertising supported 
copy is still a major force on the internet. Um, yes, it can be used to push malware out, but if you've got an ounce of sense, then you know it's a tricky case. Actually, um, related to this, uh, the Ireland, Irish, the Irish. Uh, uh, <laughs> privacy regulators have fined Meta over $400 million for forcing users to accept targeted ads and told Meta they can no longer do ad targeting unless they get permission from their users, which, of course, nobody on Facebook, uh, when asked, this is, the, this is what happened with Apple's ATT. As soon as Apple said, uh, hey, you want this app to track you? Everybody said, well, no. No, no, thank you. So this is going to be a big issue. Uh, I mean, yes, on the one hand, I, I support your right to choose, but for for, for people like Ian and me, uh, if if you can't sell ads against your audience, that's problematic, yeah. right? That's problematic. I mean, we've for had to now funding bad, bad sources, but yeah, I've got to say, also, I mean. <sighs> I applaud the Irish authorities for doing this, and it does seem they like they're growing the way, a pair and actually trying no, to do it. But they didn't want to. Million to. They didn't want well, to. They were forced to. Yeah, I mean, four hundred million though for I this know, is you know, down the back of the sofa. But, but more importantly, they're going to change the rules and say, you know, the the Irish yeah. have ruled that you have to ask for permission, and if I presume that's more than just Facebook, that would be everybody who wants to do personalized ads There's, you have to ask permission now and you I mean, have there to is a big crack- honor it i was gonna i was gonna say there is a big crackdown but it's not that big because i think france fined apple um eight million euros yeah, these are tiny and no. we actually looked at the figures that's 40 minutes profit yeah no. now i don't this is a business expense at this but point, they can charge so. more gdpr allows them to charge a significant percentage of global revenue in the long run if they enforce it if, yeah yeah if they really want to get uh, you know by the but so before you applaud the Irish regulators, they didn't want to do this. The European Data Protection Board forced them to, right? Uh, but they, and nevertheless, they did it, and it isn't a huge fine. It's ha- almost half a billion dollars, which sounds like a lot to you and me. Probably not a lot to Meta, but I think it's more concerning that there is, and maybe not concerning. Maybe everybody's applauding this. Shouldn't we be asked uh, if we want our information to be sold? Damn right. Or yeah. if they actually ask Maybe. people. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, well, yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> We're all being I've terrible. I've talked a lot. About I'm done. Just, but I mean, um, Leo, you and I have argued about this in the past. You hate those cookie. Um, oh, the cookie banners. I hate them. I can't stand them. Honestly, I like them because you can actually choose this stuff. And you can set the, the problem is they're down. broken. They sometimes you accept it and you come right back on the same device, same site later. They ask you again because they're not properly implemented. Because yeah, they didn't so, save a cookie there is that. to say that you said I don't want you to save cookies. Yeah, so it's a catch twenty two. Like I'm, I agree with you. Like I, I understand what they're for and why they work, but they still can't get a good implementation. And so what happens is when we come up with plans or policies to try to force something that's protectionary. But we don't think it all the way through. People end up just not wearing the seatbelt. That's exactly right. right. Mm. Remember the Camry yeah. used to get in yeah. and you shut the door and it goes like this. Oh, God. I'm and then they got rid pe- of that. Uh, yeah, they had to because it was like you was choking. People. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's funny because it, the idea is great. 
But can we ever just think it all the way through so we have a way so that it works and it works well? I, I think well, that- I mean, also companies no. are actually playing against this in that if you will say, right, I will only accept this cookie or this cookie, in a number of sites, and I won't name names, but if you do that, it'll be like, okay, we shall just update your platform, and then you'll get the spinning wheel for 30, for 60 minutes, sorry, 60 seconds, to encourage people to just go okay all the way. So, you know, there's, there, there's more than one element to this. Yes, yes. What were you going to say no to, Stacey? I have no idea, but I agree. I, I think it was probably along those lines. No. There, there's no. an incentive. There's a, no, there's an incentive not to... There's an incentive not to implement it in a way that is user friendly. And there's also always going to be unintended consequences. And that's, that's the, Mm. I mean, Jeff does this a lot on this week in Google and he's, he's constantly like, we can't make laws because it'll hurt these people. It might. And we have to like, we have to stop thinking about laws as like a universal good and start thinking of them as trade offs between different groups and yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or yes. even like convenience versus security. And so, I mean, part like in the media, that's how we should be talking about these things. And we're not. Oh, 100%. We'll there. Yeah. I, I hate right. when they Absolutely. make like this is a this is a trance onto our freedom. And I'm like, how did you get to this thing to complain about the freedom? Well, I drove and you drove using what? A car. And in order to drive the car, you need a what? A license. Oh, freedom. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Can we get off of this hey, false As long as we're talking about this, Doc Rock, did you know that your auto warranty has expired? And <laughs> <laughs> I, I love those calls. The I worst play with those people. The oh. robocall campaign, the FCC has oh, now proposed God. a record $300 million fine because those auto warranty robocalls, they almost all came from one group one company what two men that's crazy two men roy cox jr (laughs) and michael aaron jones since 2018 two guys orchestrated the scam that sent billions and billions of calls using a network of domestic i wonder how much they made like I really, I want, think I, they made I, a this lot. is mean. I know this is mean. I'm sorry if you're one of them, but I want to. Who is stupid enough to buy a warranty from these people? <laughs> <laughs> and they had to work because they did it for how many years? So I just want. I really want to know surely. how much they made it. The investigation. You know, you spam from, enough things out at low cost. That's exactly right. Sooner or later, nothing. some idiot will yep. will will do it, and this yep. is the way of it. I mean, honestly, I thought the fine was too little. I would prefer them to have been kept in a room, and everyone who's received a robocall could call go them. in and slap them. Just in the they they reached more than half a billion U.S. phone numbers. Wait a minute, how many? There's how many? There people? are 330 million people in the United States, but 500 million U.S. phone numbers. So basically, everybody. Yeah, but people have mobile and and most lines, of you got so, called you twice know. with more than six and billion calls yeah, in the exactly. first three six billion calls in the first three months of 2021. Six billion. So half a billion phone numbers, six billion calls. That, that you know means what, every have, number got 12 calls. I have an Android phone yeah. and I never got one of them. None of them ever made it through. Google's yeah. voicemail spam thing was It does awesome. work really that well. Yeah, it yeah. really works yeah. very well indeed. You, you yeah, know what's I mean, funny? The AT&T protecting. Um, I remember being in a, in a situation where friends and I were having lunch and I got one of those calls and then 
as soon as I hung up from the person, because it was starting to learn how to get an 808 area code, right? That's been the most crazy one. And being a, a business owner at the time, I got to answer the phone. got to see who it is. And then I hung up and then my buddy's phone rang and then my other buddy's phone rang. And the last, I was like, wait a minute, everybody here got AT&T? And they were like, yeah. And then, so that was the craziest thing to me is to be in a situation and have all the, the robocalls happen to a group of people at a lunch table. That was just weird. Huh. But telcos uh, have a have an inbuilt uh, bias in terms of not dealing with this, and they make a small amount of money from each call. So you know they really need to get their right. Spam, spam doesn't get their act together and actually say, "Look, and AT and T charges you for robo protect, well, which is here's the good news. I think yeah. it's free now, but before it used to be five. Bucks. The FCC is finally they've been doing it very slowly, but they finally moved towards making this illegal. They have that stir and shaken protocol, and they're slowly moving overseas carriers into off of this protected list so that and requiring att sprint t-mobile verizon to block calls that are not authenticated so it, it according to the fcc the number of uh robo calls dropped 99 percent once this uh, shaken and stirred uh framework was implemented uh, according to uh, RoboKiller, which is a service that kills these, robocalls have remained at a lower level uh, since we reviewed trends in October 2022, which leaves us hopeful this is the final nail in the coffin for the infamous car warranty robocall. Uh, but what happens is it's just one or two people that does all of this. The FCC's previous record fine was against a telemarketer in Texas, $225 million in November the agency took action against a voice service provider, Earth Access, U-R-T-H. Earth Access, 40% of October student loan debt relief scam calls. Did you get any of those? I did. I, haven't, I don't have a student loan. 40% came from one company. Uh, and eventually, these these I think these companies will be removed from the network entirely, which let's hope. So are you anybody getting texts now instead of the yeah, calls? Yeah, that's why. The text ones the text. are more funny because they're all we're cracking about the text every time. And I just been taking shots of them and posting on my IG from time to time. They'll be good and they'll miss one stupid typo or they'll <laughs> gap something. And I was like, you freaking idiots. If you got that one little part right, you catch more people like I almost want to consult them on how not to do it. But the, it's always, oh, we got a package waiting for you. And. I'm always getting packages. So I have to look at it again and like, yeah, DHL is not going to text me from some weird, stupid number to tell me that my package from small rig is coming in late. But it's it's really funny to see the typos and stuff that they put in. And it's like, oh, my God, if you guys knew how to spell, you might catch more people. They I call this, by the way, smishing. Because it's phishing via SMS. SMS phishing. Oh, they, when I say they, I'm going to put that in air quotes. They call it smishing. But this is why I was so encouraged to see Lena Khan, you know, as, as head of the FCC, because she takes this stuff seriously. Um, and the FCC has finally got out of its gridlock and is starting to move on this. And, yeah, they will face the wrath of Khan. And she knows what she's talking about. And she knows where the weak spots are. So all power. Let's did, get it done. Did any of you see? That's the FTC. FTC. Oh, damn it. TC. And the FCC is Rose Jessica Wars. But you know what? Yeah. Uh, we are waiting for Gigi Sohn to be Gigi, brought they, in. They, they've made they the nomination not, again, they, but now again. that we control the Senate, Gigi has a shot. Let's see. So, yeah. Um, 
Did but you? Yeah. Did you? Everything see, you said about Khan is right, though. Did you yeah, see sorry, the movie yesterday? One, Do you remember that movie yesterday where guy gets hit in the head and the and wakes up and the Beatles never existed, and but he remembers all the Beatles songs, so suddenly he starts to become a superstar singing yesterday and other Beatles songs. You ever? It's a great movie. If you saw the never trailer, well, if you saw the trailer, you might have said, "Oh, it's it's a new Anna de Armas film." Except that, even though she was in the trailer, she was cut out of the movie. So somebody sued, saying, wait a minute. I went to see that movie, expected to see Anna de Armas, and she wasn't in it. U.S. District Judge Stephen Wilson says, yes, you can sue. Universal sought to throw out the lawsuit, saying, First Amendment, First Amendment, it's an artistic, expressive work. The judge said, well, the trailer is commercial speech, Subject to California's false advertising law. Universal is correct. The judge wrote the trailers involve some creativity and editorial discretion. But this creativity does not outweigh the commercial nature of a trailer. At its core, a trailer is an advertisement designed to sell a movie by providing consumers with a preview of the movie. And if you've got somebody in the trailer that isn't in the movie, that's false advertising. So there. Hmm. So Can there. we sue them for giving away the whole story in the trailer? <laughs> oh God, if we could, that Bollywood would be bankrupt. The plaintiffs uh, each paid three dollars and ninety nine cents to rent yesterday on Amazon Prime. They're seeking five million dollars in compensation. Wow! The, the class is yeah. now in trailers. The class. I mean, their whole section. There are whole sections of Rogue One in the trailer which don't appear yeah. in the actual film. So you know. the judge said there's that's okay. There's some things that are okay, but if you put a, a known face in the trailer and, and she's not in the movie, that's that's going too far. Um, Tesla, this happened in, uh, I think it happened in the uh, Bay Area. No, no, I'm sorry. Happened in Germany. A driver in Germany oh, driver. Mm. <laughs> fell asleep at the wheel and led a, a medium speed chase for many miles. Fell, a, fell asleep is a little bit generous. He was Stoned off his stoned off his, bonds, stoned off his gourd. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, was he stoned? December twenty yes. ninth, yeah. twelve PM local time, police spotted a Tesla driving down Autobahn seventy, leaving Bamberg heading towards Beirut. Officers attempted to stop the Tesla. The vehicle did not pull over. The car was traveling at exactly seventy miles an hour <laughs> and did not slow down or speed up. <laughs> Just kept the Tesla. Says the officers kept the same distance from the patrol car in front. They put a patrol car in front of it. The patrol car slows down. The car slows down, speeds up. The car speeds up. Officers pulled up next to the Tesla's driver's side window. Noticed the driver, only identified as a 45-year-old male, reclined in his seat with his eyes closed and his hands off the steering wheel. Now, you may know, and I know you do, Stacy, because you have a Tesla that is Tesla, periodically says, keep your hands on the wheel, reminds you to jiggle the wheel. He had a weight Attached to the wheel hanging from it so that it wouldn't bother him while he took his nap. Oh. The driver is being investigated for criminal endangerment and his license has been suspended. I mean, sure, but Tesla, this is why they really should not be allowed Like, it's talk about false advertising. It's, well, in California, you yeah. can no longer... California, they can no longer advertise full self-driving because that's not what it is. Exactly, well, because it isn't. You know, I mean, yeah. it's as simple That's, as that. That feels I mean, fair. So you're the expert on <laughs> this. That seems but, fair. You know, yeah. Uh, wow. All right. I want to take a little break uh, and remind everybody that uh, this show had one ad today. 
and I'm sorry to say the ad market is getting tougher. The Verge just had an article saying podcast advertising has dropped off the face of the earth for a variety of reasons, recession, COVID, other things, maybe the large number of podcasts. We saw this coming. That's why two years ago, almost two years ago, we started Club Twit. We knew that in order to keep Twit going, to keep starting new shows, to keep growing, we needed to get our audience to support us. And Club Twit has been a huge success. I want to thank everybody who joined. And I want to encourage those of you who are not yet members to please join Club Twit. What do you get? No ads to start with ad-free versions of every one of our shows, plus shows you can't get uh, elsewhere, like our Hands on Macintosh show with Micah Sargent, Hands on Windows with Paul Therott, the Untitled Linux show, the Giz Fizz is now in the club. Uh, we use the club to launch shows, too. This Week in Space launched, so to speak, out of uh, Club Twit. That Twit Plus feed has material that you can't get anywhere else, including stuff before and after shows. And then, of course, there's our wonderful Club Twit Discord, which is a social network in its own right, a wonderful uh, place to hang out. Marmite not included. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, and yes, Double O Heaven says, where's our Minecraft server? We do have a special uh, three Minecraft servers for Club Twit members. I will, I will kick them. They're over. I see them over there sitting next to Ant right now. Ant, by the way, is our community manager. Puts a lot of effort into uh, events on Club Twit. In fact, there's some coming up. Hello. Hello, everybody. There's some coming up. Stacy Higginbotham's book club. I love her. Uh, this Thursday, January twelfth, Stacy will be, and I will be there, and Ann will be there. We'll be talking about Andy Weir's. Did you like the novel, Stacy? Project Hail Mary. I liked it until the very end, and then I was like, "Oh my God, stop throwing new plot points in. <laughs> end it." Yeah, the end is a little. Okay, I'm good. about Artemis. <laughs> good. I love yeah Artemis. So well, anyway, there's lots to talk about. You can tell we will be talking about it this Thursday. Uh, we're Lisa and I will be doing an inside twit a week from Thursday. That's the chance to hear what's really going on inside twit. Uh, Lisa is surprisingly, uh, forthright. And as you know, I have no filter. So boy, oh boy. And then Wintu Dow, who is one of the hosts of all about Android, will do a fireside chat. There's lots more coming up, including, uh, if you were a fan of Daniel Suarez's, uh, novels, Demon Freedom TM, we're going to do a very special interview with Daniel Suarez early next month. He's going to be in studio. Parts of that interview will, of course, air on Ask the Tech Guys and on Triangulation, but it will be a club event, so club members will get the first uh, first crack at asking your questions of Daniel. We're trying to make it a fun place to be. It's not expensive. It's a dollar less than a blue check on Twitter, and I promise it will always be at least <laughs> a dollar less. much more useful. Yeah. <laughs> much more useful. <laughs> Only 7 bucks a month. There is a yearly plan. There are corporate memberships as well. It helps us an awful lot. Uh, so let me encourage you. There are a lot of benefits. I think the benefits are great. Um, and yes, I will kick the Minecraft server as soon as I get off today. So you can go on in there. Um, but there's a lot more and I really appreciate it. So thank you in advance. If you want to join twit.tv slash club twit, there's one other, uh, bit of business I will mention, which is we have a survey. We do this once a year, every January. We uh, we survey our audience to get to know you better. It helps us find advertisers, so it's important because we don't want to we don't use trackers. We don't want to track you, but the advertisers do want to know well who's listening. But we also want to know more about you, so we know what kinds of shows you like and what we should do uh, going forward. It should only take a few minutes. It's of course completely optional. Every question is optional as well. Go to twit.tv/survey23. It runs through the rest of the month, but 
if you would do that uh, sooner than later, that would be great because I know it's easy to forget and put these things off. Twit.tv slash survey 23. Hey, everybody. Leo Laporte here. I am the founder and one of the hosts at the Twit Podcast Network. I want to talk to you a little bit about what we do here at Twit because I think it's unique. And I think for anybody who is uh, bringing a product or a service to a tech audience, you need to know about what we do here at Twit. We've built an amazing audience of engaged, intelligent, affluent listeners who listen to us and trust us when we recommend a product. Our mission statement is Twit is to build a highly engaged community of tech enthusiasts. Boy, already you should be your ears should be perking up at that because highly engaged is good for you. Tech enthusiasts, if that's who you're looking for, this is the place. We do it by offering them the knowledge they need to understand and use technology in today's world. And I hear from our audience all the time, part of that knowledge comes from our advertisers. We are very careful. We pick advertisers with great products, great services, with integrity, and introduce them to our audience with authenticity uh, and genuine enthusiasm. And that makes our host red ads different from anything else you can buy. We are literally bringing you to the attention of our audience and giving you a big, fat endorsement. We like to create partnerships with trusted brands, brands who are in it for the long run, long-term partners that want to grow with us. And we have so many great success stories. Tim Broom, who founded IT Pro TV in 2013, started advertising with us on day one, has been with us ever since. He said, quote, we would not be where we are today without the Twit Network. I think the proof is in the pudding. Advertisers like IT Pro TV and Audible that have been with us for more than 10 years, they stick around because their ads work. And honestly, isn't that why you're buying advertising? You get a lot with Twit. We have a very full-service attitude. We almost think of it as kind of artisanal uh, advertising, boutique advertising. You'll get a full-service continuity team. People who are on the phone with you, who are in touch with you, who support you from with everything from copywriting to graphic design. So you are not alone in this. We embed our ads into the shows. They're not... They're not added later. They're part of the shows. In fact, often they're such a part of our shows that our other hosts will chime in on the ad saying, yeah, I love that. Or just the other day, one of our hosts said, man, I really got to buy that. <laughs> That's an additional benefit to you because you're hearing people, our audience trusts saying, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, we deliver, always over deliver on impressions. So you know you're going to get the impressions you expect. The ads are unique every time. We don't pre record them and roll them in. We are genuinely doing those ads in the middle of the show. Uh, we'll give you great onboarding services. Ad tech with pod sites that's free for direct clients gives you a lot of reporting, gives you a great idea of how well your ads are working. You'll get courtesy commercials. You actually can take our ads and share them across social media and landing pages. That really extends the reach. There are other free goodies, too, including mentions in our weekly newsletter that's sent to thousands of fans, engaged fans who really want to see this stuff. We give you bonus ads and social media promotion, too. So if you want to be a long-term partner, introduce your product to a savvy, engaged tech audience visit twit.tv slash advertise 
Check out those testimonials. Mark McCrary is the CEO of Authentic. You probably know him, one of the biggest uh, original podcast advertising companies. We've been with him for 16 years. Mark said the feedback from many advertisers over 16 years across a range of product categories, everything from razors to computers, is that if ads and podcasts are going to work for a brand, they're going to work on Twitch shows. I'm very proud of what we do because it's honest, it's got integrity, it's authentic, and it really is a great introduction to our audience of your brand. Our listeners are smart, they're engaged, they're tech-savvy, they're dedicated to our network, and that's one of the reasons we only work with high-integrity partners that we've personally and thoroughly vetted. I have absolute approval on everybody. If you've got a great product, I want to hear from you. Elevate your brand by reaching out today at advertise at twit.tv. Break out of the advertising norm. Grow your brand with host red ads on twit.tv. Visit twit.tv slash advertise for more details. Or you can email us advertise at twit.tv if you're ready to launch your campaign now. I can't wait to see your product. So give us a ring. Last week was a different week on Twit because it was our best ofs, the holiday week. We've put together, we had some fun earlier this week too, a little promo to tell you all about what happened this past week on Twit. Watch. First show of 2023. Uh, I am back from the tropics. I bought this hat on the beach. You like it? Uh, join it. Stacy's not here. She's at CES, but Glenn Fleischman. Because of that hat. She knew you'd be wearing that hat. She said, I'm not going to be associated with it. I'm going to be nowhere near it. Previously on Twit. That is true. All about Android. <laughs> if you're looking for a good time in Vegas, it's the Wireless Power Consortium. That's where you want to be. That's where all the action happens. Um, it was announced that a Qi 2 wireless uh, MagSafe tech is coming to Android. Um, it's, uh, this is made popularized by the Apple iPhones. Security Now. Uh, we're going to spend the entire podcast looking at a single topic. Which is LastPass. Mm. What happened? What does it mean? How, how worried should you be? What are the consequences? And what's next? This Week in Google. Instead of enjoying a late Thanksgiving meal with his mother in Georgia, Randall Reed spent nearly a week in jail in November. Oh, my God. Falsely identified as a luxury purse thief by Louisiana authorities using face recognition. That's the whole unintended consequences of this, this facial recognition because when it works... It could work very well to, to solve some problems, especially with crime and finding mm -hmm. the actual right person. So there's so many things law enforcement could do to make its job easier. They could put cameras in everybody's houses and, and watch for illegal hey, activities. Hey, what? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> Twit. But I don't think we want that. Wishing you a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, the great immortal Jim Cutler and uh, his little horn. Here's a picture of Doc Rock. You weren't in Vegas, Doc, but uh, you were featured in a panel uh, in Las Vegas. There you are wielding your lightsaber on the beach. It's so funny. And that's a Sony panel, and that photo was taken with a Nikon. Ah! Can you tell? It's a, <laughs> can you tell it's a Nikon? Oh, no, I just know because my friend took the photo. And, he's and holding he the guy it. in the shot is is holding a Sony. But the guy yeah, yeah, that's Sidney Youngzong. He's yeah. he's an awesome creator, especially if you're a Sony camera person. You should definitely follow Sydney. I will. He's an amazing creator. I'm a Sony guy myself. Clicking the follow the button joke, right now. Our friend was there with his Nikon, but in order to take a picture of the two Sony guys, he had to use the Z6 to take a picture of us, and it ends up in the Sony panel on the thing. Uh, before we switch, I just got to say uh, one of my 
one of my Discord members, and she's actually the person who helps me manage my Discord. Her name is Discord for Creators. Cute name. Um, she just said she wants Stacy to be her best friend. So I just I had agree. to pass it along. Who doesn't? Keely said, yeah. Keely said that you're a rock star. Yes. And she's Canadian and cranky. So she's the the rare <laughs> Canadian Canadians aren't cranky. cranky? No, that's why Keely's is special. Oh, that's why she's special. She's special because okay. she's cranky. Is she cranky? She's like apologetic. Cranky and I like be Canadian. <laughs> yeah, dude, she's amazing. She was actually on Alex's office hours last week oh. talking about why more people should be jumping into the Discord game because oh, yeah. of what's going on with Meta and Facebook groups and how horrible yeah. it is. So she's a really, really awesome person. And so I just had to say that so that way I don't get in trouble. <laughs> oh well maybe she should do ours because kevin and i were talking about doing a discord and oh you should link you two together you and you probably will end up being best friends i really uh, we, awesome. we basically were like we're not social enough we don't have an aunt <laughs> yeah discord is amazing I mean, we're currently investigating whether or not to do a mastodon server ourselves and it's it's there's a lot of stuff to to learn from that but i yeah, know a little bit say. about both i will say to you stacy and kevin if you don't want to start your own server, you can always we could create a home automation, or we could get case Kevin and Stacy section in our Discord server. You'd be more than welcome to use it. That might be easier for you. We we're happy to host you if you'd like to. But I think it's easy and free to start a Discord server. It just depends how yeah, much you want to manage it. That's all. We, we all. have an ant. I don't want to mention it. At all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as for I would, I Mastodon, I know a little bit about Mastodon because we run our own Mastodon server. That's one of the things that you do indeed. Yeah. helps pay for uh, at twit.social. And uh, I th strongly encourage you to do so. If you have a community, uh, Mastodon is a great way to uh, to talk to that community. We have a community. Unfortunately, about 5% of them are completely bonkers. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Leo touched on this with the with the talk about um club twit people who are starting these things are especially podcast people you really need to go membership like membership is better than waiting for the apple platforms or these other platforms or even if you have a site that say open to the public giving people a chance to support you through something like a membership with a couple of extra things it really does change the whole entire makeup and allows you to have better control over your creative process and the thing i would say there's actually an interesting article about uh, creatives, where is it, the Times or the New Yorker, about how really there's unfortunately no longer a middle class of creators. There is just the people who make all the money, the Logan Pauls of the world, and then the people who are struggling. And I think we do yeah. need to work in some, some way to make it possible for people to be creators and make a living at least uh, doing that. But, but I have to say, the number one job for anybody who's a creator, and it was certainly something I realized coming out of broadcasting into podcasting is you have to build a community. It's all about, yeah. it's not about audience. <clears throat> it's about community. And it yes. takes a digital village, audience yeah. is fickle. Community is not. And we, <laughs> boy, yeah. Our community tells you that. And uh, I mean, we have people been with us for 20 years. It's fantastic. And I think they enjoy being there. You, you include yourself, Doc Rock. And, yeah, I've uh, been yeah. there since day one. Nice. Thank I remember you. When, when you had normal looking hair. <laughs> it's oh. a meow. Kitty has claws. Oh, I actually right. had hair. Ow. So, hey, back then I had. You okay. Know, a well, bit I, of I remember you when you had hair. There you go. Exactly. Uh, uh, so, it really is. I think it's really the case that uh, if you're going to be a creator, you have to learn how to grow and manage a community because that's what sustains you. It's not the advertisers; yeah. it's the it's the community, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's hard. It took me a while because I'm a broadcaster, right? Broadcasting is all about audience. You don't know who you're talking to. Uh, fortunately, I've done talk radio for so long. I kind of got a sense of 
you know, people were able to talk back to me. So I kind of got a sense of how important that is. I, I love our community. I tell you, uh, it's well, the greatest. As a journalist who has not maybe been like, you know, I came into journalism thinking I was going to be like some sort of crusader. Right. But even in like your if you do create a community, it's very nice because you actually know who you're speaking to yes. and you're actually helping those people about yes. not always. I mean, sometimes they're just doing wrong. Things. You got to be like, look, I'm going to help you see the error of your ways. But like well, it, it does give you some meaning in your job when you're like Reporting about pee. Yes. We all grew up in an in a world where it was uh, the platinum records and the superstars and the movie stars and the celebrities that that was the goal, like, or even a superstar journalist, right? Uh, that was the goal to become the big celebrity. And I think we've all learned, A, that's not so much fun. You just talk to some of these celebrities. They hate it because uh, you can't, you're no longer a normal life. But B, it's not, it's not really a healthy, normal relationship. When you do it this way, if you, it's so much better. It's smaller, admittedly. But if you have a few thousand fans that you communicate with regularly, back and forth, it is the most sustaining, wonderful thing in the world. And everybody should understand that. Yep. that that's the way to do it. As a, as a person who coaches people on getting into this and like how to run their business, I tell them every way, like if you're planning on coming to this to do this as some sort of side hustle, let's just cancel that right away. I don't believe in the side hustle. I believe in the side helpful. As long I as like you're helping that. people, I like it, that. It, it's complete game changer. If you can find a way to be helpful and provide a positive impact on people, it's it's all you need. You're good to go. They'll be with you forever. But if you're just trying to like figure out another way to coin up, it's just not going to work. It's very unsustainable. Yeah, you coining up. People know you're coining up. Coin up. Don't coin up, man. <laughs> I've got to say those. You can use that one, Stacey. I'll give you a, a limited license, and then I'll I'll raise the lifetime license in a couple of years, like Phil Moore did. Uh, change it. But I mean, it's interesting how this has developed with digital to analog. In that, you know, the first newspapers started out as people writing paid for newsletters, which went out to people who wanted to know what was going on. Um, that evolved into full-time newspapers. Then the internet came along and everyone started giving away for free. And now we're switching back to a more, you know, you pay for what you get. You know, if it's free, ask yourself who's paying for it. The most important lesson my history teacher ever taught me was, if you read any document, ask yourself three questions. Who wrote it? Why did they write it? And who paid for it to be written? And if it's the people that support you and the nurture the publication that are helping pay for that so much the better i know our community knows of the name creative labs right you remember the sound blaster oh, yes sound blaster sound blaster oh. um, i got worst menu system on an mp3 player <laughs> ever but <laughs> but it was you know, a breakthrough in its time yeah. um i got an uh, actually it was interesting i got an email from uh, one of our community, Shen Hung, who is, uh, I believe, Malaysian, uh, who said, don't forget to mention Sim Wong Hu, who is the founder. Oh, this of was Creative, project. Passed away. He was young, 67. Um, and a marathon runner. Yeah, in good shape. It was kind of, uh, it's it's not clear what happened, but it's uh, uh, very sad. Passed away. Um Creative Maybe technology, they just gave which him a is creative known as Rio player, and said, "Make it work." I <laughs> remember that was my first MP3 player. Was a diamond <laughs> Me Rio, real three hundred. Yeah, yeah, 300. yeah. The Rio. Um, they very famously were, were sued by Apple 
Uh, Apple invented the iPod, shipped it in 2006. Creative sued, saying, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> we invented the uh, the MP3 player. Uh, actually, uh, Shen sent me uh, an interesting uh, interview that uh, Sim did with CNBC, saying it was something we had to do because Apple did not just infringe our patent. Steve, this is interesting. Steve Jobs came to our booth... They were doing the Zen player at the time. Saw products, liked the product. He saw the future of Apple there. He asked our people to go to his headquarters to present it to him. Our people went to look for some collaboration. Unfortunately, I was not there. I was in Singapore. Maybe if I were there, maybe history would have changed. He was trying to work something together, but it didn't turn out. Jobs said no deal and released the iPod shortly after. They won. They settled with Apple for $100 million. Uh, Sorry, sorry, Leo. Are you saying that Apple actually stole someone else's technology? <laughs> Never and for their own personal. Never game? shocked, shocked. I am. That Shen apparently like that. Uh, had a real affinity uh, for uh, um, Mr. Sim because he uh, sent me some pictures of him uh, uh, talking with him. He had an old Cubic, which was, I guess, an early creative product. He decided to donate it uh, to Sim. Sim was very happy about uh, about getting that. So. Um, Anyway, uh, I thought it was a good way to uh, to end the show as to as we often do at the end of the show is a little in memoriam for somebody who was really important in the early days of the computer industry. Many of us had sound blasters, sound cards in our oh, early yeah. PCs, right? Uh, many also, of us he looked after his staff as well. I mean, Creative has one of the best reputations I've come across of companies that actually looked after their staff, management took you seriously. I think only Nokia is probably the better one, but they did give a, a monkeys. <laughs> a monkeys what? Do you want to finish that sentence? No, don't. Uh, oh, no, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Britishism, give a monkeys means actually, you know, care, give something, you know. I feel like there's okay. more to that sentence, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe there would be more. Yes. Maybe the uh, there's a word missing. It's a, it's a yes. family show. I don't want to say <laughs> Thank you. the next Thank stage. You. We invite uh, you on specifically so we can learn more about this thing called British. A visionary, <laughs> oh, an inventor, an entrepreneur. family shenanigans, then you really don't want to. <laughs> Sim Wong, who uh, 1955 through January 4th, 2023, as, uh, as it says on the creative site, a visionary inventor and entrepreneur who gave the PC a voice. Um, I think it's time to say goodnight to all our family. Stacy, I'm glad you're home and feeling better. I hope we will Me see too. you on Wednesday on This Week in Google? Question mark. Yes, I'll be here Wednesday and Thursday. That's why I was saying it's like seven hours a twig all week. Oh, you're y'all sick of sick us of already, me. aren't you? I'm sorry. We're not sick no, of you. No, y'all are going to get sick of me. No. No, we love having you on. Thank you, Stacy. Stacy on IOT.com is the website. Check out the events. She does some great events. Subscribe to the newsletter. It's free. And, of course, the podcast she does with Kevin Toffel. This week's especially is all about matter and, uh, and CES and home automation and so forth. Thank you, Stacy. Really appreciate it. It's great to have you. Uh, go get some waffles uh, or whatever it is. I don't know what you eat on Sundays. I, know what I you have eat fresh cupcakes. My... My child just baked lemon cupcakes with a strawberry ice icing, and oh, and they yeah. say teenagers yeah. are bad. 
That's how awesome. we've really got to learn way, how to be food. Or... <laughs> no, no, totally. I, you know, we were talking CES about the GE profiler. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, yep. Ian Thompson, theregister.com. Always a pleasure. It's great to see you, my friend, in your Hawaiian shirt. Uh, any... oh, well, you know, I like to dress up. <laughs> <laughs> you have the best Hawaiian shirts. Anything uh, going on in the world uh, that you want to plug? Uh, I would just say avoid any news about the British royal family for the next two weeks because oh, it's going to get really Good brutal. Yep. Um, <laughs> Tech-wise, we're now into the post-CES boom where everyone who's been holding the stuff back until the show had ended is now going to go, waff. Really? Is that the case um, that so people hold back until after CES? Smart ones do, yeah. I oh, mean, that's if you launch a new product, you go to CES. Oh. But if you're actually launching a serious product, you wait until everyone's back at their desks looking around for news, and then you look push it. So there's the post-CES rush. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> from the Aloha State, just down the road from the beautiful Aloha Tower, in Honolulu, Doc Rock, Community Manager at Ecamm. Always a pleasure, Mr. Dr. Rockter. Thank you. You know that Ian and I did not plan this at all, but I do find it apropos that he's rocking the Hawaiian shirt and I'm rocking the Manchester United jacket. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Stacy's dressed as uh, Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. So, she shot first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's and great outfits the, you know, all around, but i got to say, Manchester. The, this is weird, though. <laughs> it used to be Manchester United fans in America were you know, were quite common, but now everyone shifted to Arsenal for some reason. Isn't Kevin Toffel an it. Arsenal man? I think he is. Or is he Manu? No, he likes um, Manu. He's Manu. Yeah, okay. Kevin's cool. I, I was just about to start calling Kevin names. <laughs> I'll be like, Kevin, I'm going to call you names, but we're cool. Man, Leo, this is so great. You know what's funny? I swear, Jason reached out to me like three times towards the end of the year, and I was traveling, I was traveling, I was traveling, and then he hits me up, and he's like, hey, are you going to be home? This was like last week or whatever, and I was like, nah, man, I'm going to be in Japan. He's like, all right, dang it, how about the beginning of the year? I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, But it's super funny because I missed episode 808 of Weekly. Which would have been perfect living in the, the 808, 808 area code. You're and in the 808 like, state. I'm not home. I'm in Massachusetts. Oh. I'm on the road, and we didn't want to chance the like dorky hotel internet. So, you know, I'm glad to be here whenever I can. You were there I, I in love spirit. Coming with Stacey and Ian. You yeah, were there in so spirit. Good. Why, Aunt, did you post a animated GIF of an English breakfast? That's for Ian. Oh my! He God, likes that's the beans and bacon. Ridiculously bad. <laughs> beans I'm and sorry. toast, man. <laughs> I, I'm 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 a I'm a moderator on a British fry up post, and my, that's just ridiculous. Oh God! So many beans. So many beans. You don't do that. Why are there beans in the first place? Beans for breakfast. No, no, seriously, you can't have a fry up without beans. But that many, you know, that's kind of like. Doing biscuits and gravy and having this uh, whole plate done with gravy. Yeah. Use... What's wrong with that? No, no. Okay. Right. First are are off, you saying the beans are like gravy? Uh, the beans provide the moisture that you use with a bubble and squeak and so like the black gravy. pudding. Bubble and squeak. The black All right. Pudding. I love this. But you use a, a small amount of beans with a sausage bean dam to keep them back from everything else. <laughs> Um, and then the you bubble and squeeze black pudding gets dipped into the beans. 
I thought we were going to go I'm down sorry, the soccer I, hole, rabbit hole. No, instead, no, we, it's, we got it's a bubble the, and We squeak. got a bean dam. Wait, uh, what is no, bubble do you and have, squeak? Do you have to wash it down with PG tips? Oh, of course. Well, okay. Yorkshire, Yorkshire gold. gold. Yorkshire gold. PG Tex is yeah. my is my standard. Yeah. Um, okay, bubble and squeak to explain is um, we started the show with cooking. We might as well end it with and, cooking, right? Uh, boiled boiled cabbage, and you mix them together and fry them. Um, so it's kind of like hash browns, but with a bit of greenery in there. Um, cabbage and potato. Yeah, and, and then where, fried do the, up. where do the beans come in? Uh, well, Heinz baked beans, which are ridiculous. It's like ketchup. <laughs> Except well, it's beans. No, this and is you the put weird it on your thing, bubble and right? squeak. I mean, Heinz is an American company, and yet getting Heinz baked beans over here is ridiculously difficult. Right. You all have these bacon filled fat beans that, uh, that sit, sit on the store, <laughs> but getting oh, yeah, proper Heinz baked beans, I buy them from my local supermarket because they have an ethnic food section, and baked, British baked beans are in there. And I actually met a Brit as we were both buying a can. And he goes, yeah, I know they're $5 a can, but it makes me feel posh to actually eat them at that, at that state. But, yeah, you've got to have bacon, egg, beans, sausage, bubble, mushrooms, yeah, and black pudding if you can get it. And finally, <laughs> black pudding sauce. Here, this is a hallucinogenic mix. I have had enough of it. You guys go home, eat whatever it is you <laughs> eat, bubble and squeak, beans, waffles, lemon cupcakes, I will. I we're done. I'm done with you. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. This Doc week Rock. in Brecky. This week done. in British Brecky is done. We do Twit every Sunday. We're back now for 2023. 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2200 UTC. You know what? Tune in earlier because Micah and I now do ask the tech guys uh, starting at 11 a.m. M Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time, right before Twit, so you can get a whole Sunday of good stuff all day long live.twit.tv to watch the stream uh if you're watching live you should chat live in irc.twit.tv or in our club twit discord where the bubble and squeak just never stops you can also <laughs> whew, you can also download shows on demand after the fact on the website twit.tv on youtube we have a whole bunch of youtube channels go to twit.tv i'm sorry youtube.com slash twit and you can find all the channels that way but you know the best thing to do is subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you get it automatically the minute it's available this has been a great way to start uh, a new year and i think a new year that begins this strong is going to be a great year happy new year everybody happy new year guys we'll see you next time another twit is in the can bye-bye amazing.